This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give them life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in, that's on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all that counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Hey, folks. Welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd. And here with me, I have Rich Lott. What's going on, man? Not much, just uh, living my life like it's golden. Um, just <laughs> what? <laughs> oh man, I'm chilling, man. What's good with you, man? I'm doing all right, man. Doing all right. Uh, start the show kind of late. Uh, and when we normally Indeed. show, normally when we start the show kind of late, it's because of some shit I got into. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to you about it once we get off of recording the show and off of recording uh or off of streaming they will talk about that later but um yeah man um you say you want to start with the uh previewing the five-star grand prix which comes to surprise me because like i feel like like two of the last this is not like two last three weeks or so like you want to start with stardom and i'm just like i thought that i was the i thought i was the starter merchant on this bonus podcast sir what's going on um, you know, I'm just at all times trying to maintain or maintain my status as a top 75 uh, stardom voice in the West. I do not want to be put on the red retro red leaf podcast, and I do not want my audio played back calling me any kind of fraud or anything. I want to make sure I cover the the third best promotion in the world, you know, like thoroughly uh, when we when we have the opportunities to with the correct analysis so um without without further ado i will hit the music stardom all right, so uh, the five star Grand Prix this year. Uh, for those that are familiar, um, very similar to, or for those who are unfamiliar, very similar to the New Japan G One Climax. Uh, it's round robin tournament split uh, with all of the contestants split evenly into two blocks. Uh, they will p- face everybody in their uh, respective blocks, and then based off wins, losses, and draws, they will be awarded points if you win your match. Uh, also, uh, this year is 15 minute time limit. I believe, uh, like most years it was, if you win your match, you get two points. If you lose your match, uh, I'm sorry, if you tie, you get, uh, one point. If you lose, you get not shit. So, 
Um, after you tally all that up and you go through tiebreakers, uh, you determine who wins the block. The, that winner of their block will go to the final and face the winner of the other block. Uh, the blocks in uh, the five-star Grand Prix are called the Blue Stars and the Red Stars. Uh, we will switch right. off and Bloods call it and Red Blocks and Blue Blocks. It just know we'll call it colors. If you want Crips and Bloods, whatever you want to do, it's all good. Um, so um, this year it will be the most like the pre the prior traditional New Japan G1 blocks where there are 10 wrestlers in each block. Um, and uh, this thing is loaded. Um, it has yeah, been noted. Man. We have talked about this over the years of, you know, last year there were 26 wrestlers and we were thinking like, wow, we're going to come up on a point where you're going to be quality wrestlers that just will not make the cut. And this is a young group of wrestlers with average age of about 27 at this point. And we're like, wow, like, you know, Lady C, somebody that's good enough that could probably be in the tournament now at this point. Saida has proved herself. Tekla missed last year because of injury. She's definitely one of the 20 best wrestlers in this promotion. And Koguma. we were thinking just cutting down to 26, how hard it would be. They cut down to 20. There are people that are going to be on these undercards and some of these tags that are going to be furious that they did not make this Grand Prix. <laughs> hey, man. <clears throat> this promotion, this Bushiro promotion, had the heart and made the correct call to cut this shit down to 20. Good point. Good point. Just Good point. saying. Good point. Just saying. Good point. And, and, and they did not like need a whole outfit of, of, of gaijins to, to flock in that are like on the sub brand in America to come in to, to get to that number either. This is all hey. Nihon doing this, <laughs> basically, except for like Mariah May. Yeah, man. Um, Yeah. I, I watch, uh, I'll just quickly mention like, you know, I've been following a little bit of the G1 so far and there there's some nasty tropes already jumping out like it, for as far as things not to like okay. um but there are it looks like there's a slow start for pretty much all the main eventers and um you know there's been some good matches um you know as far as like uh one where i really liked uh the gene blast yoda suji uh and kaito kiyomiya um i've been just looking at a couple of other things, though, I, I expect nothing now from from Gabe Kidd and Alice Coughlin when I was excited about those guys mm-hmm. um, going into it. And um, I think they obviously Kenta is doing his thing. And then there's just a lot of shitters up and down that you do not have in the uh, stardom five star Grand Prix. Right. And I mean, that's been the case since I mean, honestly, since the pandemic, like I think um I think 2020 probably the G1 was probably still better just because the high end was so high, but like the floor is higher in stardom. But then, you know, last year in 2021, the five star Grand Prix was a better round robin tournament both years. Uh, And, you know, when I found out they were cutting down to 20 and then when they gave out that name of like the first 18, I was like, oh, it's been they finna (laughs) three beats, right? It's, it's Shaq and Kobe, Jordan and Pippen, all that. So, uh, you know, Barnes is a crazy thing with injuries, some type of weird booking, whatever else. This thing's going to be loaded. And um, I think to a lot of people's um, uh, talk that I've heard about with the G1 so far, they have enjoyed, like, even though there's more matches, they have enjoyed the part where, like, it's a 20-minute time limit, so matches don't, you know, drag out. Well, 
five star Grand Prix has always been has been at fifteen, except for uh, two thousand twenty one. Um, so like fifteen minutes. It if you are a person that likes sprint wrestling, this is tournament for you because all you're finna get is like matches that go eight minutes, thirteen minutes, and they are just they are just basically just trying to get people drop people on their on their heads and necks and then other people trying to get right back up and continue fighting it's 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 awesome um love it last uh the last two years opening nights have been incredible um shows packed with some you know four four, at least four four star matches on both shows um this year they decided to go instead of the you know a sunday saturday sunday double Header weekend, they decided to do with one weekend, opening weekend, and the card is loaded. Um, Rich, do you want to start with going down to the, let's actually go through down the blocks and we'll get to the, uh, to night one, but going down this block, um, let's start with the red block. The red block is absolutely loaded. The red block starts with Ami Saray, Hazuki, Mayu Iwatani, Nasuko Tora, Nasapoi. One of, I, I should probably stop and, I'm gonna start from the beginning again. Ami Saray, Hazuki, one of the best wrestlers in the world. Mayu Iwatani, one of the best wrestlers in the world. Nasuko Tora, Nasapoi, one of the best wrestlers in the world. Saya Kamatani, one of the best wrestlers in the world. Starlight Kid, one of the best wrestlers in the world. Suzuki, one of the best wrestlers in the world. Shuri, one of the elite wrestlers in the world. Tam Nakano, one of the best wrestlers in the world. I, I, I feel like I just said eight eight wrestlers that were some of the best wrestlers in the world out of ten. I, I feel like this is a pretty loaded uh, block. Yeah, man. Like, this is... um. Like you started talking about great blocks that you've ever seen. This might be the single best stardom block ever. Um, by by the time all is said and done, uh, we'll especially s- taking into account uh, the younger versions of uh, some of these people who are just better now than they mm-hmm. were. Um, and then you know the blue block is it's not like the blue block is some slouch block either. Correct. It, so Correct. like um. You know, uh, Zach Maki actually brings up a good point. He said people were hoping Mercedes would try to do a uh, five star GP. I don't put that out of the question. If she was healthy, like, could she have like done that? If if she wanted to check a bucket list, bro, right? I, That's the only reason yeah. why she would why it would happen. If she, it's something that she wanted to do, and they were like, okay, well, we're not going to say no, right? Um, but. Yeah, just looking at this this block, there's lots of uh, intriguing matchups, I think, um, between, uh, you know, Shuri and Suzu Suzuki in, in, in night one. Yep. Uh, obviously, Saya Kamatani and Tam Nakano, like, they've had a long, lengthy history. Um, Nasapoy and Starlight Kid, they've had, you know, awesome matches in, yep. in the past. Um, Mayu Watani being in there, in there with Starlight Kid, uh, they are usually – fighting on the last day of the block and, and it James, happened, it's it, now happened for a third straight year is this the year is, is starlight kid finally gonna do it and beat her i mean at some point it, it, she has to like beat her in advance right because like i feel like the last two years 2021 and 2022 kid was in a winning and get win and get in situation depending on a little bit of luck or whatever was, was in contention until final night in Mayu, because of, you know, 08 Otai shenanigans or whatever else would be like already pseudo eliminated. And then she, and then Mayu would beat, beat Kid. And then like Mayu gets her record to where like she finishes like top three in her block or something like that, but was eliminated before the bell actually rang, kind of. Um, Tam at Mayu some point, is there. At some point, it's going to have to happen. Tam, Tam Mayu is there. The, the throwback mashup, like one of the first great 
short um, starting matches I ever loved. Starlight Kid versus Hazuki. Let's 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 run it yeah. back. Yeah. Um, Think how much better Starlight Kid is now than then, bro. It's gonna be great. <laughs> um, I haven't mentioned any Nasco Tora. Um, she's there to play sorry. spoiler. Like she's she's um, Fale. But uh, you know, Ami's in there with, with Shiri. Uh, I, I guess we should start going through. Let, let's go through each person and, and name like you know two big matches or three big matches of theirs. Okay, so uh, all right, so I'm I'm doing alphabetical order. First name alphabetical, yeah. so I'm going with Ami Saray. So for me, I'm looking at her last match and it's versus Shuri, and like that's a big match for her. Obviously, she's she's number three in her faction. She's facing her faction leader, uh, and she's obviously that's going to be the match to showcase like. Her growth over the past two a year and a half, roughly in stardom, um, was a was the former uh, futures champion. Lost it to Rena earlier in the year. Um, I feel like you know, given last year that she had she had a winning record, she went on a big streak at, at, in the back half of the tournament, I believe. Um, I don't know if she goes on a streak at any point, but like obviously, given that she's the she's now the big woman on the block now that you know Hameka has got out has left uh, left the uh, the t- promotion. Uh, I feel like, you know, at some she's going to have a good showing. So, I, you know, things I'm looking forward to her with is matches versus Kamatani, given her match in the white belt, for the white belt with her. Um, and Mayu, because she had a really good match with Mayu as well. So I, those would be the ones that come to mind for me. Um, I, I think also we should mention, like, this night one is uh, Ami and Tora against each other, right? Yeah. And it's like the rest of the block like like they're getting that right out the way so it's like which one of y'all y'all fighting for 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 who's y'all fighting for the seller essentially like mm-hmm. let's see like who's going going to try to stand out so i i got a feeling it's obvious so yeah i mean uh, they could have Tora win cuz obviously you know Tora's not going to i don't know how Tora's going to do well but you know she's obviously going to play spoiler so like if she's going to play spoiler to somebody big she has to lose somebody that that you think that like she has to lose, or sorry, she has to beat some people that you'd be like, ah, I don't know, or whatever else. So, like, kind of make it interesting. I could see Tor beating her, but either way, like, that's going to be early in the show, and, you know, early in the show, lower on the card, like, Tor and and, uh, and Ami can have a match where they just, you know, just slap, or sorry, uh, 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 shoulder tackle each other a bunch and hoss wrestle around and get out of there in, like, you know, six minutes. That could happen. So, I, I don't think that match, I'm not actually concerned about that match. I'm more concerned about Tor versus, like, you know, somebody like, you know, the higher level wrestlers where it's like, okay, this could be, this is somebody having a slot against somebody to have a four-star match here and you're now going to have some, you know, thing that's okay. Um, so next we got Hazuki. Yep. Um, so, so some some of the matches I think uh, would be interesting for Hazuki. Obviously, her and Sai Kamatani had an incredible match. Uh, I think that was earlier this year. Yes, it was um, February's pay-per-view, yeah. Uh, Hazuki and um, Starlight Kid, as I mentioned, yes. and um, H- Hazuki and Suzu Suzuki might be interesting as well. Uh, I don't remember their match was really good last year. I don't remember how good though. I probably gave it four. I can't, but I can't re- really remember because like there was a lot of a lot of a lot of this block is a continuation from the Blue Stars from last year. So like Hazuki, Mayu, Nasapoi, Kid, a lot of that was like that core, or that was a good chunk of it. And it's almost like they decided to break up. Like they took Shuri and Tam from that usual run and put that with them to kind of break up, you know, the the pattern. But um, yeah, that match is gonna be great. Uh, the matches that I'm most concerned that I most want to see, like obviously I'm gonna skip past that disappointing final night match for her, but. 
Um, I've <laughs> wanted to see her versus Shuri ever since she came back. And when they're in tags, they're great together. And um, I've wanted to see a, you know, I've wanted to see a white belt or a big male, big, a big title, big showcase match with her and Tam for years. Um, I'd only seen them wrestle one time before. That was 2019 Grand Prix. And that was really good, even though it was on a, it was, it went short. So like now that, you know, Tam's way better than then and um, Hazuki is still Hazuki. Like I want to <coughs> see them have a killer match too. So those are two that come to mind. And, um, you know, like, you just look at it, it's like she's never gonna have bad matches. Like I think I forgot where I put her in average star rating last year, but she was way up there. She may have been even the MVP for me, or behind Julia. Um, but you look at who she has to wrestle, and it's like she even had a four star. I thought she had like a four star match with Ami last year, where like she just carried Ami. And like you look at this this set of opponents, it's like she's gonna have another killer tournament, regardless of the wins and losses, and you know whether or not she goes on a losing streak or a win streak like she did last year. She's just gonna be great. Yeah. Um, so up next, of course, the icon Mayu Watani. Uh, pick, pick your poison on this one. Like she's got like lots of stuff that jumps out, uh, including you know her and Tam, her and Shuri, her and you know Saikamatani, her and yep. Starlight Kid. Like she's she's loaded in this thing. Yeah. Um, the one that the one that I'm most interested in actually is her versus Mayu. Uh, I can't remember the date on it. Um, who who versus Mayu? Uh, sorry, Mayu versus Shuri. Sorry. Uh, okay. Yeah, so that is on September third. September third on a pay per view. That's a, that's Hiroshima's Hiroshima Sun Plaza. That's actually the same venue where Mayu dropped the belt to Utami, so, the red belt to Utami back in two thousand twenty. So yeah, like they they've already set that up to be like that's going to be a gigantic match. Um, obviously with a fifteen minute time limit. I feel like when I watch them in tags they're on a certain level that is just higher than the matches they've had in singles matches before together. And that's kind of really saying something, seeing that like, I, I, I think I've seen them have two, four and a half star matches before. Like the time limit might actually like get Mayu out of the, I have to sell for Shuri and have a more back and forth type of thing in a sprint type of form. So I think like that match could be electric. So, um, that's number one on my list. I also open the night, you know, lots of upsets, Last year, I think Azuki could still one on Mayu this year. Something to take note of. Uh, up next, Nasco Tora. Uh, I'm going to try to play this straight, uh, but her and uh, Starlight Kid, I, I think you, you want to start seeing that leadership struggle of Odeo Tai. Um, and maybe Saya Kamatani in Natsuko because, you know, the whole thing for a fallout from the cage match. Mm-hmm. Uh, if this was Utami or something, I think that would be a natural fit. But, you know, yeah. Kamatani can kind of fight in her place. Uh, aside from that, I don't have much for Natsuko. So for me, looking at it, um, obviously they put Natsuko with Hazuki in last night for some reason. Um, obviously, you know. Nasco was Suzuki's retirement match when she retired in 2019 before she came back in 2021. But um, they never had they never had a real like singles confrontation since then. They've had talks about how like you know what the hell are you doing back here that sort of thing, but not like actual you know face face confrontation. They can get to that here. Um, so that would be something to point out from a storytelling standpoint. Stands out to me. Um, her versus Shiri. I enjoyed when they wrestled each other in 2020 in the G1 like or, or G1 the Grand Prix because like. Shuri brought 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 it out of her. She basically beat Nasco into trying hard. Um, so like, <laughs> so like, so this was some Joe Jackson, 
Like, bro, it uh, was like, yeah, it pretty much. Like, I remember NASCAR. Remember, she was doing the whole have these bad switches, grab the chain, throw somebody, wrap it around someone's necks, ha- throw them over the rope and hang them and get thrown, get the match thrown on DQ and lose and lose matches. Like, Shuri wouldn't have none of that. She just beat her ass until NASCAR tried to actually wrestle. And the match was good. Um, so, I'm interested in that. Um, you know, there's also, like, the long-running her and Tam thing or whatever else. I, I you know, I could see Tam dropping a fall to her just because, but uh, just keep the points together. Um, so those those be the matches that come to mind for me. Um, Saya Kamatani, uh, seeing this thing, I you know she's got obviously Tam night one. Yep, that feels like upset alert. I, I mean, she did. Uh, well, actually, yeah, the generational struggle they eliminated each other. Yep. Um, I think so. Um, I, I think they could set that up as a fall title match. Um, Trying to see what else. Starlight Kid inside Kamatani is always a good pairing. Of course. Uh, Hazuki inside Kamatani, as we mentioned. Uh, Shuri inside Kamatani. Like, you know, oh all throughout, t- you know, this was like the champions last year. They're, they're red and white, and here they are, you know, colliding. Um, she's got Suzu the last night. Yep. Um, she's great. also got Mayu. Uh, so she's she's quietly loaded, I think, as well um, yeah. on that. Um. She would be my pick to win this block. Um, you know, if not for the, uh, if they were to have broken up, uh, Queen Cuts were to have broken up, I would have, you know, predicted a Saya Kamatani and Utami final. Um, and like, quite frankly, like Kamatani's going to win one of these one of the next three years, whether it's this year, next year, or the year after that, she's winning this fucking tournament. So, um, you know, she's going to be on watch for, she's going to be, you know, in, in contention for a long time. And she's always, in the last two years, she's fared well as far as, like, being in uh, her number block, like, in contention. Like, you know, last year, she she had a lead going to the final night and blew it. Um, and the year before, I think it was the same thing. Or no, 2021 when she bl- came into it and blew it. And then last year, she was in contention, just ultimately didn't get it done. Um, so, while being a champion, which is saying something. So, yeah, um, I you know, obviously, as you mentioned, Starlight Kid. Now you mentioned the Shuri. You mentioned Master Shuri. Rich, I implore you, go to the 2021 G1. I think it's or Grand Prix. I think it's the either the first uh, show or the second show because uh, Shuri faced her and Mike in the same weekend. Watch Kamatani versus uh, versus Shuri, and, or and then watch Micah versus Shuri too because Shuri was fucking awesome. She beat the shit out of both of them, and it was awesome. So um, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I want to see another one of those. Obviously, more competitive match now that, you know, Kamatani's leveled up since then. But I want to see that. Um, her versus Mayu. Like, you know, the things they showed in the first generational struggle match. It's, it's basically having a high speed, you know, pa- uh, pairing off. That was super fun. So Tall, high speed. And obviously the Tam match. So, like, you know, I there's no bad matches for her except for maybe Nasco Because Nasco you know, has injured her before. But that's it. Uh, me being a hater, I am. I skipped over Nassapoy on accident. Um, so Nassapoy, um, also here. Um, I think her and Tam, uh, may- maybe you know she has a chance to to win me over uh, again here. Um, <laughs> wait, know, wait, it, wait, it, it, wait! You know, here, you, here they are fighting. Let me get know. this right. Let me get this right. You hate Nassapoy more than Tam, but if she faces Tam, then you'll root for Nassapoy because that means Tam may lose. <laughs> No, no. I, look, I don't care who wins. I, I, I need her to show some, show some fight. 
and and, and not not just just going behind somebody. Oh man, that's hilarious! All right, so <laughs> show, show, show some fighting spirit. Show show your own will. Get out of the mud, Natsupoy. All right, so Natsupoy and Tam, obviously that's that's the last night of uh, of the block, so that's definitely a highlight for me. Her versus Shiri, I've wanted to see that match in full form. Uh, mm. They've always been opposite blocks, and like Shiri and Natsupoy. Got a Natsupoy, lot of checks to cut. When Shiri and Natsupoy get in the ring and tags together, like Shiri hits her as hard as she would hit Utami. So like that's so I think that match is gonna be incredible. Um, you know, like her, we've seen a lot her have great matches with all these people before. Some or it seems like S, you know, Kid, we've seen her have great matches. Suza, we saw her have a great match last year. Her and Mayu have had great matches the last two years. Her and Kamatani have had classics at this point. Um, yeah, so Hazuki, that was a great match too. Uh, yeah, like I want to see. You know what? I will throw this on her. I want to see Ami have a great match with Natsupoy. Like, if we're gonna have if Ami is going to progress, she needs to have a great match with Natsupoy. Because like everybody has great matches with, with Natsupoy. Like, unless you're in a strap match. That's it. So, um, yeah, that so that'd be what I've been looking for. Shiri match, the Tam match, and also the Ami match. Because I want to see like the level up over the year um that Ami's had. I think I'm interested in Natsupoy and Suzu Suzuki. Um yep. I I um I got a feeling I'm going to be, you know, hurting in, the, in my pockets. I got a lot of checks to cut uh, to, you know, <laughs> inflict some pain upon Natsupoy until, you know, man, I, I'm going to have to give Tam money too, huh? Now that I think about it. I, I, I don't know how you get down with Tam. Like, yeah, the, the only I, reason why you flipped up on, on Natsupoy is because you were Tam. So I don't know how you feel about Tam. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I ain't above uh, cutting the check for Tam to inflict some pain, <laughs> you know. Shout out to Shihiro Hashimoto, um, <laughs> you know, dropping drop Nazapoy over the rope. Yeah, yeah, I saw um, that. Um, I, I'll get to that match, too. But there was so much fucking wrestling. Like, you had Collision. You had opening weekend of the G1. You had uh, Triple Mania. Uh, or, sorry, whatever Triple A thing it was. Was that Triple Mania? It was. It was yeah, one, that was of one of the Triple Manias. Ones. Uh, you had the Collision stuff. Like, there was so much stuff. And then you had, you know as you just mentioned, the, the Sendai show. So there was just a lot of stuff that I, I'm going to have to get through it later in the week. And then, you know, maybe if there's time, we'll talk about it later in the week or, or next week, or whatever else, but I'll get to it. I'll try to, I'm always feel like I'm always behind on quality, watching quality wrestling. Meanwhile, I'm watching, you know, other nonsense, but whatever. Uh, up next, Starlight Kid. Man, um, I'm always going to want to see the Mayu match first and foremost. Um, like, because the story is like, is she ever? When is she gonna beat her? And like, when she beats her, is that gonna take her over the top to where like she can, you know, make a final, potentially even win the thing? Because she's like, has that boost from actually beating her on the, on the final night. Um, you know, seen a lot of these matches already before. I I've never seen her with Shuri. I, I know it keeps coming up, but like now that like, like in Shuri. Shuri, wow, yeah. Now that Tam and Shuri are like basically in this block with like the high speedsters, like. I, I, I'm really interested to see what they do. So, um, you know, it's almost like, you know, for years now, it's been like Azumi has been like the speedster for Shuri, Shuri. and Kid has been the speedster for Julia. Now that they're like flipped now, it's like, all right, so now I got to wrestle the other one now. So I'm really interested to see how that goes. Um, I'm interested to see how the tour thing goes because like, are they going to have her leak points to her quote unquote leader and be on that bullshit or not? 
Yeah, I, I think that's something to to really think about. Like when, like if you're someone that's a Starlight Kid, is a dark horse person to to win a block or something. I think if she beats Nasco Tora, I say you run to the register and start and start. You know, but if she loses to her, you're prepare for heartbreak. I think. Um, and you know, her and Natsupoy, that's always a, a natural match. Mm-hmm. Um, Starlight Kid and Kamatani have, have always done well together. Yep. I can't recall really Tam and uh, Starlight Kid really ever getting into it. They, um, they have, there, it's weird. They really have, given how good they are, given their history as both being the stars and all that kind of stuff, they weirdly, and also we were tag team before, like, um, they really do not have good chemistry. Like, Tam has better matches with Azumi. Um, Starlight Kid, like, they've had two matches in, like, the last, I can remember, like, two thousand the 2020, like, early 2021, before Tam won the white belt, they had a match because Tam got pinned uh, by Kid, and Tam ended up pinning her back in a singles match. Um, and that match was just, it was like a three and a half star thing. You expect better from both of them. And then, um, they gave, they gave Starlight Kid a white belt match against Tam that won he on a pay-per-view. It was on a, it was on a, like a, like a road to level venue or whatever else. And that match was, that match was great. Well, I thought it was great. Um, but like, I feel most people gave it like three and three quarters. Um, like, but the whole match was based around like, oh, it'll tie cheating like crazy. Tam has a bad back. And in uh, Starlight Kid is wearing out her back, and like, can Tam like fight through the bad back and all that kind of stuff to win and eventually won. But like, they they have been just adequate. They have not been like a, the all right, go punch in the four and a quarter. Have been haven't had one of those yet, and it's still at play. But you know, we'll see. So we got Suzu Suzuki. So Suzu is away from Julia. No ice lore, unfortunately for me. <laughs> um. Uh, but in lieu of the ice lore, uh, she gets to essentially, it seems like a fresh slate for her. I, you know, her, like, you know, going there and there with Tam, that should be pretty good. And they've uh, sold think, that heavily over the generational struggle stuff of, in also some of the road to yes, like, they've, 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 they, they, they want to have a match with each other. And looking at that generational struggle match, Suzu Suzuki seems like she's just this unhinged like youth that is like had has lived a rough life and is willing to just challenge people that may be too big for her britches, but she doesn't know that she's like not there yet. But I think that's like what makes her almost as good as she is. Yeah, yeah. A, a bit of like a reckless abandon, if you will, like too young yeah. to, to know that you're not supposed to be able to do, do these sorts of things or too, 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 young, too inexperienced for your own good. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, but besides that, uh, her and Tam, uh, I think her and Hazuki should be fire. Her and Kamatani uh, seem natural. And then like she's really calling out Shuri. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, she's she's set com- up to really impress. So the Kamatani match for me, in particular, because like I really wanted Suzu to to beat her in a, in a Grand Prix last year and get us a white belt match, but ultimately didn't happen. Um, like one thing I wish in this block, if we had swapped out one person and put Mariah in this block, because like Suzu and Mariah has such a have, have such great chemistry, like from the from the New Blood stuff to their Grand Prix rematch. Yes. 
like they're just great together. Um, but yeah, like as you mentioned, Shuri, Tam comes to mind. Um, but you know, she was great with everybody else, like from all the high speedsters, like you know, Poi and, and SOK and and um and Hazuki. Like it's just one of those things where it's like you pick you pick you come up with two or three and you're also like well yo but shit the next four could also be just as good too like this is just a loaded block with people that have even history from last year's blue block so yeah um next up would be shuri i mean (laughs) roll take your pick uh shuri versus mayu comes to mind for me um Shuri is kind of like in, at, at this level now where it's like, yeah, I don't think she'll ever be the red belt champion again, but it's just like, show us how fucking great you are as much as possible, please, until you decide otherwise. So um, my question for you is, where are you setting the over under for her uh, average star rating of this tournament? The time is tricky for me on that, but mm-hmm. I would think it'd be forced. Like 3.75, four stars, something like that. I, I feel like she's going to... I feel, like only, that, I feel like right? there's only two matches on here where she won't finish with four. So, like, I feel like it's going to yeah. be higher than four. Yeah. So, Sh- Shuri and Tam, that's going to be a joy. They're always, look, man, their tournament matches are always phenomenal. Like, I gave the last two years when they were with each other, I gave them both four and a quarter. Uh, and I thought last year, last year's one, I almost gave it four and a half. Like, they're, they're just great together in the time limit. Like, they're just... It's such an easy match because, like, Shuri's such a badass and Tam's one of the best sellers in the world. And the whole thing is, like, can Tam withstand the onslaught and can and then Tam, you know, makes her charge. And then it's a tie game and it's like, where are we going from here? Like, the way that Shuri just shut off Tam's water at the very end when she had her last gas to try to get a win last year and then had to choke her out. It was awesome. It was awesome. So, I made sure to see that again. I, uh, I'm trying to think, where is that in the schedule? Um, that is... 920 in Osaka is is another one because the last two years it's been late like one of the last matches so they've done it again to put them at the end and it's going to obviously obviously have ramifications for you know the leaderboard at the top going into the final night so that's cool um I'm trying to see what is it uh yeah we already mentioned the Mayu match in uh on a pay-per-view so that's going to be great so that's that's also high on the list um okay Kamatani 099 yeah that's going to be a killer match too, because like that nine, nine Kirk and Hall show is loaded. Like that's Tam and Suzu. That's Shuri and Kamatani. That's, um, I'm trying to think who else is on that card. Uh, let me go through. Sure. Our Starlight Kid and Hazuki. Nasboy. Oh, sorry. Tam. Not Nasboy. Uh, yeah. Like the whole, let me go through. Cause I have a, actually have a tab down here to look, go through nine, oh, okay. nine, nine, nine is loaded. Uh, nine, nine. Hazuki versus Starlight Kid, Saya versus Shuri, Suzu versus Tam, Julia versus Micah, Mariah versus uh, uh, versus Ano. It's loaded. <laughs> Slowed it. It's disgusting. So yeah, um, seeing that you have that Kamatani match there, they're gonna try and you know not get outdone by Julia and Mariah. So yeah, or or Tam and Suzu. So yeah, they're gonna kill it. So yeah, those would be my matches. Then the Red Belt Champion Tam Nakano. Um... Right off the rip, night one, her and Saya Kamatani. Yep. Um, of course, her and Nasapoy. Um, and her and Mayu, I, I think, is the, you know, her and Mayu is always, you know, she's still chasing a win over Mayu. Yep. Which I don't know if she's going to get or not, 
because like part of me wants to pick Mayu Itani to win this block on some Hiroshi Tanahashi 2018 shit. Um and like I, I hear I hear the arguments like between I'm like whoever beats Tam is not winning the block. That's what I'm I'm telling myself. <laughs> so like I feel like like I feel like Mayu can lose to Tam and still win the block, if that makes any sense. Um, Wait, say that again? I feel like Mayu can lose to Tam and still win the block. I don't know how you have Tam beat Mayu in, inside of 15 minutes at this point, given the, given the story they've told with yeah, each other since 2019. Like yeah, 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 like Tam Tam ain't been able to, has never been able to beat her. She she had thirty minutes and she needed thirty minutes and five seconds to beat her, but she she didn't beat her in thirty minutes. So like get get to fifteen at this point, I don't okay. think that's happening. I'm just I'm expecting the time limit draw and we get a match down the line later in the year, maybe at the beginning of next year. Who knows? But like at some point they're gonna have the match and like we'll finally have someone win the match after they've gone to time limit draws last three times. I've got Mayu Watani winning this block. Um, and Rich. I'm going to pick Saya over Tam night one, and that's going to give Saya a red belt match mm-hmm. um, after the Grand Prix. But ultimately, Mayu will go to the finals. I have not picked my blue block winner yet, so we'll see if it makes sense. Okay. So, um, I, you know, Obviously, you know, there's a bunch of matches, we t- as you talked about, the Shiri, or sorry, the Nats play match, the Mayu match. Uh, the matches that I want to see the most out of Tam, uh, the Hazuki match um, that I, you know, haven't seen in like four years. Uh, to see the Mayu match is also a big deal because it's so fun. And, um, like, I want to see, I want to see her versus Suzu after they've been, you know, kind of eyeing each other about, about, you know, the generational struggle thing and everything else and the way they've sold this, um, the way they sold that generational struggle, the second match was like three of these matches where they do, where double eliminations were like, all right, Kamatani and in um and Tam like y'all face off on the first night, Shuri and um Suzu y'all face off later on I think on the nine nine show, and then um there was also Mariah and Juliet also face off on the nine nine show and they double eliminate each other or whatever so like or not double eliminate each other but um uh. They they went face to face before somebody uh, Mayu and Mariah double eliminated each other. But like they were talking about like they were doing that match to set up like Corkin Halls and other you know matches um, through that. So yeah, um, that's what I'm interested in. But as far as a winner, I I got either Kamatani or Mayu. Um, now I was thinking Mayu. If like if there if Utami doesn't win the blue block, then I think Mayu can win it. Like, I feel like at this point, the two people that I will put, you know, one or two on this thing to win it would be Utami and Mayu at this point. Um, like, I I would have Julia on a chance to, double, to, you know, go double back to back, but, like, she faces Utami in the last night, too, and I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's going to have a winner. Man, um, blue block. Let's get to it. Um, yeah. Start with Azumi. So um, A Z M. So looking at Azumi's, there's always Azumi and Momo. You know, yep. former former team members. Um, 
I gotta say, Zumi's tournament does not excite me too too much, which is crazy. It just doesn't feel like lack of she's stories. Matched, it doesn't feel like she's matched against the type of wrestlers that would allow her to do what she does best. Like she should be in the other block. It feels like. But you got to switch those stories up. That's yeah. the only thing. Yeah. Um, I, I, well, her. she has she she has people that she can have good. She can have quality matches with. Um, and I think like, this seems like she's gonna get fucked. Like she's gonna be having seven minute matches here, and it's gonna be like, yeah, oh, so like, another like year, year. Yeah, it's gonna be yeah. like, damn, another year of them yeah. not really letting Azumi stretch her legs. Yeah, yeah, I, I already see that too. Um. But what I will say is I feel like she will maximize her time better compared to last year when, like, last year's block she had, like, you know, there was my Sakurai, Kaguma, and Momokogo in all caps Saki that, you know, in Sakishima, like, it was a lot of, like, low, the lowest floors on, the, you know, an entire tournament were, like, mostly on that red block. Nobody from Red Block on average star rating was, you know, t- even top five in um, average star rating in the tournament because you had so many people where it's like, that's that's hurting your average, that's hurting your average, that's hurting your average. I feel like this block is uh, more balanced to where, like, she can still have a, a quality tournament even though, you know, her minutes are low. Like, I feel like her PER will be still very high. So, Zach um, Mike said this is for her breaking away from the high speed style that she kind of teased when she lost that belt, in his opinion. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's not like it's not like she can't wrestle high. She can't wrestle normal, normal, you know, pace matches. She, we've seen her do that at times. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I feel like you know, with the right people, you know, because there's enough talent in this block. Like you know, off the top of my head, like I'm really interested to see what she does with, with Julia because I've seen her and Julia have have had great chemistry at times in tags and trios matches or whatever else. But they, you know, like I said, like it's kind of been paired off as like. You're Donna Del Mondo, senior member that you wrestle all the time is Shuri, and like Starlight Kid has Julia. Now they have to swap. Like now is the time to actually see what they do. And like you know, they've already done the whole you know, uh, Azumi wants a wants a strong title match, so um, woman strong title match. So like that's at play already. Um, her and Michael, we've seen her have match with Michael before that have been very good. Her and Tommy always like it don't matter the amount of time, it's always going to be a great match. So um, you have that. I'm interested. I would probably say. Depends on if Momo's on that bullshit or not. If Momo wants to flash back and be like what she used to be, then like, yeah, that match would be great. But if if not, then I'll take the Mina match because Mina, you know, what's is definitely wants to step up to the challenge of being able to wrestle someone like Azumi and like have a match that shows both of their quali- their stronger qualities. So yeah, those would be my three for her. Then Julia. So um, looking at Julia's block, of course, the long-awaited Julia versus Utami match. Um, you, you kind of like, I tried to forget, you know, that there might not be a winner here. Um, (laughs) I, I don't think they have any incentive to, to pick one of them. Right. Um, but that would be boring to draws. So I'm going to pick Utami beating her. Um, but as far as the other matches, I'm excited for Julia. Um, I will probably go with, her and Mina, I, I I think that that would be an interesting match. Mm-hmm. Um, I think her and Mariah would would be a real ruffian, real rough match. Right I loved there. their match last year. Um, more to more people, more to most people, too. And 
Mariah May because all that that, that trolling stuff ain't really gonna work on Julia. It feels like. <laughs> um. Oh, and oh, that match is in KBS Hall. They have to have a they have to try to have a good match. Ooh. Um. Well, time to put on your hard hat, Mariah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to bring it <laughs> straight up. Um. Yeah, so for me, obviously, uh, the Utami match, um, and after that, I would say uh, the Seriano match because of, like, the ice lore, of course. Um, like, they just, they're good together. Like, when they, in the title change uh, from Restart to um, Bari Bari, wh- whatever the hell, uh, Tekla, uh, Mai, and Julie call themselves the Trios team, I think that's very good based off their interactions alone. Um, and, like, I want to, you know, you mentioned Mina. I want to see her have, I want to see what a, what a more competitive Mina and Julia match looks like. Cause you know, the last two years has been Julia just smoked her because she's, you know, Tam's underling. So, um, now that she's on her own, she was a white belt champion. She's a tag champion. I want to see like what a more competitive back and forth match between those two look like. So yeah, that'd be, that would be mine. But obviously, you know, if that doesn't do it, the, the Mariah match will because they're great together. Yeah, man. Um, so moving on. Uh, Bari got, Bari Bombers. That's the name of, of Tekla, Julia, and my Hannon. So um, Hannon versus Julia. Uh, right, to, right to the top. Hannon versus Utami. Uh, it's like <laughs> almost like, hey, these are the people you, you're going to be one day. So uh, you might as well go ahead and show us uh, what you got against these, these folks. Um, also... Hannon versus Mariah. I, I, I imagine, you know, you look at Mariah come in. Mariah's ready for a push. Hannon's been slowly moving up, you know, the ranks. That's, that's just something to look at. And when, when we talked about Mariah um, and why she's so important, kind of is this interloper. Um, someone like like Hannon can have a really cool thing with her, I think. Um, besides that, not too much. So Rich, you're on to something. I'm gonna I'm gonna further extend it. So Hannon versus Utami is a match I'm definitely interested in. Hannon versus Mirai, obviously, and Hannon versus Micah. This is the Judoka block. I didn't realize this. I just looked this is mm. dawned on me. This is the Judoka block. So yeah, her versus her her three superior judokas, her having to tussle with them. Uh, that's what I'm that's what I want to see. Um that's what I see with 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 her in this tournament. And like obviously she's going to not have a winning record, but I want to see her have more competitive matches with uh, the core of this block that she uh, wrestled last year. Like, Julie, like Julia destroyed her last year. <laughs> Just fucking eviscerated her. Um, so I want to see her try to have more of a, you know, underdog, gets a couple shots into, you know, kind of, you know, can she get a can she get a fluke roll up at the end and someone kick out at two point nine 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 or whatever else and then or that sort of thing, as opposed to just getting demolished like she did last year. Uh, up next, we got Mariah May. So she is. Micah. Excuse me, Micah. Um, the small ones always like. <laughs> I'm like, hold on, where are my eyes? Like, um, so we got Micah. So um, unfortunately, there's no Micah Hameka match uh, yep. in, in this block. So that saddens me. However, um, looking at it, Micah Mariah is a natural Hoss match. I think yep. that might be your replacement. For your, um, you know, Micah Hamega match. Um, besides that, I think Micah and Momo 
You know, they're both kind of overlooked, I think, at this point. Uh, Micah's kind of getting a little bit of shine, but Momo's like, you know, she's living in the doldrums. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Velkej. Um, <laughs> but uh, and, and Micah and Utami, um, yep. let, let's do it. They, they've always had, uh, you know, good matches. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mike and Utami, they always have great matches. They always have perfectly paced matches where it's like this could be in any promotion and they build very well, and they always end up somewhere in the fours. Um, so that's number one. And you know, Micah, Micah beats more. Micah, you know, in tournaments will beat Utami, and then a bigger stage in a different situation. Uh, Micah might get that back, but um, yeah, uh, that um, number one with a bullet. Number two, Julia. Last time they wrestled each other, I think was the 2021 uh, Cinderella tournament, where like Micah eliminated Julia. By holding her on the outside on this off the second turnbuckle, like up for a suplex and basically dropping her on the fucking turnbuckle and splitting <laughs> Julia's head open. She's fucking they're both psychopaths. Um, so yeah, like <laughs> maybe Julia wants to get back in blood after all these years. Uh so so yeah, that match would be great, obviously. Um and her versus Mariah, as you mentioned, just because of their this the way their matches their 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 games kind of just relatively port as power wrestlers together. So yeah, those those be it. But I will say, like, if her if I mean her and Ano could just have an awesome match just based off of just like the way that Ano can bump on her neck and stuff and the way that you know Mike could just throw anyone around, like that could be a sleeper too. So um up next we got Mariah May. And um I think I'm, I'm looking at her list. There's not a lot that jumps out at me, so I think I just want to see people beat her up. <laughs> so, um, Momo, um, Julia, and um, Mirai. Y'all, 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 go ahead and uh, hand, handle her for me. Oh man. Um. So I want to see what she what she could do, like stretching out, like testing her limits. So I want to see what she can do with with Azumi, um, in some you know a high speed chase around the you know the chicken like his Rocky Two type of situation. Um, her versus Mina, of course, because of their tag team, their tag current tag team champions and their relationship. I want to see how nasty one of the other ones can get uh, when it comes to you know wanting to eke out them two points over the friendship. Um, in her versus Momo. Like is I want to see what Momo does with her as far as like you know dealing with Mariah Mariah and her you know what do you call it the Barbie stick or whatever else like, I wonder how like Momo may handle that like will she pull out the bat or will she not pull out the bat just actually just wrestler who knows but the album is Momo re- Momo rejects all foolishness <laughs> I feel like Momo hasn't smiled in years <laughs> oh man. Momo Watanabe will be one of those um, kid, one of those people that are walking around the city in the movie The Crow, and it's like, <laughs> what's wrong with them? All right, so uh, next up will be Mina Shirakawa. Uh, who do you, what do you got as match you look forward to seeing, Rich? So uh, the Mina, uh, her and Mariah for sure. Yeah, uh, we we gonna see you know the best of the genre right there. Um, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and I'll just let that sit there. Oh um, my god! Uh, the the Mina uh, and, and Momo uh, will, will probably be a good one. Uh, a lot of happiness versus a lot of not happiness. Uh, I mean, 
Mina didn't start flashing like in singles match until she started facing Momo. So yeah, there's definitely there's definitely something to that. And like the two matches that they've had in my, that come to mind for me was like a pay per view match, singles match early 2021, and then their Grand Prix match last year. Um, yeah, and they both they played off the story of you know the prior match. So I'm interested to see what they do for number three. And I'll probably say Julia just just because it's, it's a quote unquote step up in class for Mina. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that that'll be for. What I oh, want to see oh, for her. I mean, oh, just, I mean, yeah, there is Mariah who took about, the belt yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, about it. just to, just to, just to uh, be sorry, nasty I, and talk about like if this was okay. America, how people would be talking about like this 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 kind of backhand booking. Yeah, put Mariah, Mariah and Mina. I want to see it because <laughs> Mariah was supposed to have that spot. They moved her to the side to give her spot to to give her her her, her big win to Mina. Mina does damn well with it. And then they had to take it off Mina, make her tag champ as a consolation prize. Yeah, I, I want to see that. I want to see like there's some heat here. Yeah, and I want to see Mina get this, uh, get this W and then have a match. Like, don't run from it because y'all. Tr- that's what they tried to do. They tried to run from it. Nah, mm-hmm. ha- I need Mina to go ahead and tap out the white belt champ, and then they have a match in December in, in Sumo Hall. I want to see that. Let's do it. Yeah. Um. But outside of that, obviously. Um. Julia and um, and Utami, just you know, just the two classes of the the two heads of the thing. I want to see how she levels up, as you mentioned. So yeah, those are my three. Um, up next, we've got Marai. Marai, um, Marai, and Utami, uh, Marai. And Mina, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. and then Mirai and Micah. That's that's kind of because Micah looks like she's ripe to 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 catch one on Mirai and get a white belt title shot. That's a very good point. Um, so as you mentioned, we just talked about it, Mina, because because of, you know, um, because what you just mentioned before. Uh, Utami because they've only had one match and that was on um, one of those two back-to-back uh, sumo halls in March of 2022 where Utami just just beat her ass just didn't even didn't cut off they gave her nothing basically just I'm better than you in every facet of this game you you have to catch up to me and she's she's you know she's closed the gap I want to see you know how close she can get it, or if she can, or it's going to be a back and forth competitive match, and even Mariah gets the W because obviously Utami's not going undefeated in this thing. So this could be a this could be a big win or her big win of the tournament for Mariah, um, even though she's probably going to eat you know eat some L's as a champion to build up challengers in the future. Um, but you know, obviously has to go out with a big win at some point. Um, yeah, uh, Mike, the final night makes all the sense in the world, um, and I want to see her versus Ano because they just meshed well together because of the size and strength and the and the bumping ability that Ano has. Um, so yeah, I, I think those would be my three. Mo Mo Watanabe. All right. Um, Momo's a phenomenal wrestler. Um, yep. Will she get nine points? Let's see. Nine points is four, 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 and one. Yeah, I think she'll get that. Um, actually, let's go through it. Uh, yeah. I feel like I feel like we need to, we haven't done this for anyone yet. We need to go through the the W's and the L's for for Momo. The reason why I asked because last year she finished right at like I think she finished right at five hundred. She oh, she went six six in tournament last year, so that's why I'm asking. 
Oh man, so Momo Mirai. I've got that as a as an L for Momo. Yep. Says so 0 and 1. Uh Micah and Momo. I've got Momo 0 and 2. Okay. Ano and Momo. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna give that one to Momo. Okay. Mariah May and Momo, I'm gonna give that one to Momo. Okay. Julia and Momo, I'm gonna give that one to Julia. So she's two and three. Okay. Utami and Momo, I'm gonna give that one to Utami. So okay. she's two and four. Hannon and Momo, I'm gonna give that to Momo. Yep. Mina and Momo. That's crazy. Six months ago, that would have been impossible to consider. I'm gonna give it to Mina. I know. Yeah. What's that? Three and five. So, yeah. Azumi. I'm gonna give that to Momo because Azumi's not winning that late in the tournament. Now, Rich, you know what this tournament is, and you know how it goes. Like the most exciting thing for that for the end of that block would be for Azumi to get her win over Momo after after what happened uh, beginning of last year. Um, and the last time they had a singles match where. Momo won by by you know loading up their her kick pad with that wrench and damn near breaking Azumi's nose. So a bill is due. Oh my right. god, this is gonna, this is gonna turn out even worse for Momo than I imagined. I, I look, she's getting at least she's getting at least seven, right? Um, or, I'm sorry, she's getting at least eight, but like, Vilkes turned the audio off. Point, it's really hard. It's really hard. And obviously, like you know, we're not we're not accounting for draws or anything like that. But like, right. just trying to find you know, finding a fifth win for her is hard. Yeah. At this point, it seems. Velkes, I'm sorry. Um, so no, nah, Velkes uh, should be apologizing to us because she should never ended up well with that click. If she wasn't in that click, this wouldn't be this would be her fate. <sighs> Damn. Um, Sayoriano. Um, I don't really know too much about Sayori yet. Um, no, she had the match with with uh, you know, she, she's not the the happiest individual. Um, she's she not really you know on that cosmic. She's she's with them, but she not with them. So it's it's kind of like you know, she like a Jay White in chaos kind of thing. It feels okay, like okay. So at first, it felt like that. And then they had the match, and it was like, okay. So the main, so what her thing is like, look, I like y'all. I don't like all the shit y'all do. And it's like, Damn. for those that may not, for those that don't like Cosmic Angels, she could be like the one that you like because she don't like all the dancing and singing and all that shit too. Like they're trying to get you from all angles to get you into Cosmic Angels. Like so, if, it's almost like it's almost like when Cena was selling those Cena suck shirts. It's like, oh. Oh, you we'll don't take like your a lot of dancing? Well, you should like Nasboy because, or sorry, you should like uh, Ano because Ano's like she ain't with that dancing shit neither. Look, all I know is that don't seem like it's built to last because Tam is strict on on you know people learning the dances. You know from from my where, knowledge. Where are you making this stuff up from? <laughs> yeah, just, my sources, <laughs> you know, top seventy five. You know, head cannon just sent out to the world. Know, it's supposed to be so. You know, top seventy five. You know, pe- people talk to me. They they tell me things. <laughs> Oh man, you need to stop getting your Tam Nakano news from from Velcash. That that's a rotten system. <laughs> you stop this. But yeah, um, her versus Julia because as you mentioned, the, the, the Ice Ribbon Lord passed. Um, obviously, both of them get real nasty because you know 
uh, Rich, you know this. Like, she's she's a member of uh, Ozaki Goon with the whips and shit. So, like, she can get nasty, too. So, I want to see that. Um, and they, they talked about their, their, their history and passing before. Um, her versus Azumi really interests me because, like, Ano can tap into the high-speed stuff and she's that kind of talent. Um, and Azumi, like... I feel like if this if she's going to have a good tournament, she Azumi has to beat someone like Ano. Um, and then after that, like I want to see her versus Mo because it's like, yeah, you evil, but like I'm more evil because I because look at what I do in other promotions. <laughs> so it's like this could be a it's, real nasty match. It's like, it's like, hey, do you want to sink? Like, like I, I feel like Momo is is someone who is still redeemable, right? <laughs> but Ano. From the, the, the vibe I gather, has has completely dedicated her life completely to the scumbag nature. Is like you can come. I'm I'm a glimpse of, and what if you continue how how you're living your life, you will turn to me. But if you save yourself, you know you you can <laughs> you can write it write yourself another chapter. Rich, Rich, so earlier we were talking uh in the um we were talking somewhere I forgot what we were talking about. I was like talking about Maya Yuki and like. The main thing of like reason why I would want her in stardom is like, yeah, man, her and Ano, y'all do that act y'all have as a little evil tag team in in Oz Academy. Bring that shit to stardom, and y'all just just give them a ladle tie. They'll do better than what Nasco and Saki was doing with that shit. Like they'll do better, right? Like if you don't want, if you want to if you want to do the whole thing, we're like, well, we don't know. If we want to actually treat uh, Starlight Kid or or Momo like the leader. We do this Nasco and Saki shit, man. Fuck that. Put make them the leaders in. They'll do much better. I promise you. So up next, we got Utami. Uh, excuse me. Last but not least, we have Utami. Um, Utami is going to be awesome in this thing. Utami and Julia is like possibly the most anticipated match in the promotion. I think they've been holding off on this for years. Yeah. Um, Utami and Mariah should be awesome. Uh, Utami and Izumi, as, as James mentioned, um, Utami and Momo, I think would be awesome. Uh, yeah, like she's obviously been in America. There's a lot of eyes on Utami right now. I got a text fr- from MP today to say he was getting into Utami uh, Hayashista. So um, that's interesting. So she's like, kind of like, you know, she she's got the eyes on her. I think this is her block. Uh, I'm picking Utami to win this block. Yeah, because it's almost like a process of elimination. It's like, all right, so if Utami doesn't win, who you got, Julia? Going back to back. I mean, like, they, like, unless they're building up for an end of the year, Tam Julia match the final one, and then she drops her shit back to Julia, and Rich. then Julia is going off with it. But Rich. Rich, I don't think they're going that way. Rich, I've been thinking about this for a while. Game seven. <laughs> when that shit, that is gonna be game seven when that shit happens. I've been like, because remember I was saying last year, like you know, uh, whoever wins the Grand Prix is going to beat Tommy. And, like, it would probably be well if Tam was the one that wins the Grand Prix and then, like, Tam, and then, you know, sure, Julia gets it from Tam later so that, like, you can have it where it's like, all right, now it's 6-6 six, six or whatever else and we can move on. Or, or, or and then you have a 6-6 six, six, and then, like, you have yeah. a, a seventh match down the line. The seventh match still on the line, but they just didn't reverse. So it's like, I thought that they were going to have like the long Julia Reign or whatever else. That's why you do do Tam first or whatever. But they decided to do it short run so that you know Julia can get like the red belt a second time. That's the, the only caveat to all this. Like yeah. I pick Utami right, but what James is talking about is fully on the table. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. 
I mean, because honestly, like, it Look, was and they and love Tommy... to push Julia. They would love to make her like a two-time champion. Be like, fuck it, like, and it only will make the the match bigger. Right, and then like you go into it, and it's not it's not just the uh, or you think about it, it's probably not just the um, red belt. It's the red belt and like the strong belt, probably. So, um, yeah. I, so, but I will still put number one Utami as number one for when this block, and I put Julia number two. Who you put number three? That's my real question because I don't Micah maybe. <sighs> Mina, um, Mike, Micah's been getting some momentum. I, it looks like kind of like she got, she was involved with the generational struggle match. Yeah. Um, I think you go with Micah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, who do you have? I, I don't know if we went through number. Who you have as third for uh for the red block? If you have one, third for the red. You said Maya. Um, you said Mayu. You probably have Mayu Kamatani. Kamatani who uh, you have as a third? I th- I think you gotta go. You gotta yeah. go with Shuri, don't you? You gotta go. Oh, with Shuri, Oh yeah, don't yeah, you? yeah, yeah. My bad, my bad. Forgive me, forgive me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shuri could win this thing and be like, "Oh, <laughs> I'm in." Or 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 you know, Tam. Either one. You think they would have her win as a champion? No, I'm saying like be third. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, gotcha. All right. Yeah. So yeah, man. Um. Overall, should be a great tournament. Yeah. <laughs> if y'all haven't got like the the message of like us going through each individual name and just keep repeating the names over and over and over, yeah, right. it's like that. Like, so think like I think you look at our number to our top two from both blocks. Like, there's a lot of history between all of them, really, except for maybe like Julian Kamatani, but they had a match last year in the Grand Prix. But like, Tommy and Julia have had eyes around each other for a long time. It has never had a match. My Mayu and Julia, they've they've had their last three straight matches have all been time limit draws. Um obviously Mayu and Utami, they faced each other last year in the semifinals for the uh for the IWGP women's belt. And um also before that, like Utami took the red belt off of Mayu in 2020. Um there's just a lot of stuff. So yeah, um I I think I'll probably go with Kamatani Utami for the for the things I feel like given the year that they've had and neither one have the belt like this would be a big thing for them to have that that moment um and, have, and it, I think that's at this point where they are like they can have their best match ever had and you know a lot of people think their best match probably like a four and a quarter thing I feel like they could smoke that now so um yeah I, I feel like that's that's the one if they do it but you know obviously you know the IWGP champions <laughs> they, they, you know yeah. they might stand in the way of that you know, yeah. the, the, the Bushiro politicking might get in the way of that. You know, Mayu got I, a movie I'm, on deck, so who knows? I'm very torn, like, um, between Mayu and Utami because Utami has been somebody that has been on the back burner all of last year. Yep. And it just seems like her the perfect time. Mm-hmm. But Mayu's got that IWGP belt, even though, like, you know, what is that belt at this point now? But it still says IWGP. James says they have the movie coming out. They still have her and Tam to blow off on a big show. This could easily be the Hiroshi Tanahashi style. Yeah, this is this is Mayu's last one. And James, I may have picked Mayu last year. And you know, I was wrong. Uh-huh. But I'm picking Mayu Otani to win this year. Well, I think I'll go with, I think I'll stick with Utami or Kamatani, but what I will say is this. There's only two there are two matches 
<laughs> there are two matches where if the G1 or sorry, the Grand Prix winner wins and I'm looking at Sumo Hall and I'm already like, okay, I'm going back to Japan. <laughs> Game seven or Mayu in Tim. Like, either one of those matches will get, will get me to do that all over again. So, you know, that's, that's, I, that's not what I'm picking as a betting man or as a prognosticator handicapper, but I, but those will be the ones that will move me the most. So yeah, you'll take them. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. I guess we can, uh, we can wrap that up there, but, um, yeah. Uh, Kenny Omega wrestled, uh, El Hijo Dale Vikingo this week at, um, triple mania and sensational fashion. Um, just just always really cool to see uh that environment um this is a huge match for vikingo been chasing this win for quite a while the whole promotion um, yeah like Radio and, Kid couldn't and, beat him yeah i was gonna say in, in a way it almost kind of felt like an end of an era because i don't know if kenny will continue to work for triple a at this mm-hmm. point but if you think about it like you know he's been going since 2019 and what stood out to me was like all the pictures I kept seeing come out of the meet and greets with like the Mexican wrestling fans and like how beloved like he is there now and like the reactions he was getting now. It's like he was a big star when he got there in 2019, mm-hmm. but now it's just like, yeah, he's a legend here too now. <laughs> like, um, and uh I, I think him and you know, I think that it says a lot that he was like, nah, fuck that. Like, I got hurt. He could have never fucking showed back up to 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 Mexico ever and been and been like you uh- why would I ever go? Like uh, you know, and a lot of carnies would have would have not showed back up either, too. You know, and, and what he did was like, nah, I'm not only just gonna show back up, but I'm gonna put that dude over clean like I intended to um, before. So major kudos for that. And uh, you know, on, on the same night, while other people were doing jobs not clean, um, that were supposedly making stars, um, this was like, yeah, man, like. The whole time, like El Hijo Del Vikingo is not getting a push like this in AAA uh, if it's not for Kenny Omega. He's not coming to Dynamite and getting spotlighted like that if it's not for Kenny Omega. Um, this guy has all the ability in the world. They just weren't going to push that guy like that. But yeah. he got hand-selected to work with him. And what has happened? Ever since he picked up that belt, he's had fucking amazing matches everywhere, become a star himself. And then this one was like, yeah, he'll always had this forever. Uh, in front of that audience, this shit was going fucking. This shit was nuts. Uh, I'll probably go four and a half on this. Um, and I think uh, for all those reasons, just looking at it, it's just such a cool thing when I think you take wrestlers out of their home promotions and you know have them do different stories elsewhere because there's just you know more to uh, really like uh, grasp at and read into if you want, like you know. And of course, Don Callis shows up there. Ultimate dedication to hating. Um, Don Callis did get attacked. Uh, you know, I, look, I told Don I was coming for him. Apparently, somebody decided to, uh, you know, beat me to the job. You know. <laughs> so, did we hear an update on on what happened to him, or what's he, or how's he doing? Uh, I, I think he's fine. I know he had to go to the hospital, but. Um, yeah, I, I I don't I don't really have too many uh, more updates, but okay. Uh, besides that, like match is awesome. Uh, what do you think about all this? Yeah, um, haven't watched the match yet. Going to get to it this week with oh, all okay. the other stuff. But like, yeah, um, 
you know, I thought that they had the best TV match I've seen so far this year. Um, you know, um, earlier this year, obviously, I didn't, I haven't seen the, the, uh, the game seven ladder match. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that they're phenomenal. And, you know, I was like, just as long as Kenny doesn't like, let, you know, land on his neck again, then we'll be good. So, um, so what, explain the, explain this, the, uh, the run in with, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I said this match was uh, was actually pretty different from the dynamite match because okay. it seemed like the dynamite match it was like um, Kenny just was like all right I'm gonna be the ultimate base and l- allow yeah. this guy to to show exactly why he's special. This one was more worked as a traditional kind of match. Like okay. Kenny was getting the heat on him. Uh, you, you know he's wrestling like more aggressively, but not necessarily as a heel. Uh, okay. There was like some funny stuff where he he did steal the mask and uh, oh, he put the Viking mask on and did a move. Uh, and uh, but yeah, there Viking was like you know jumping off shit and it, gotcha. it was awesome. So it was more similar to like counters. the Laredo Kid match. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. um, what 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 did Callus like? What was his running like? Just could you describe that for uh, me? So, so Callis only came out at the beginning, was basically okay. trying to say, I'm seconding, um, you know, Vikingo, but Vikingo didn't really like, like want that, his help or anything like that. And then Kenny like chased Callis off and you like never saw Callis again. Um, and it was like, you know, Kenny was like, we're going to do this. Fuck what he's talking about, me and you or whatever. And then they, they largely just wrestled a clean match. Okay. Okay. Uh, what? Did Takeshita do anything? Because I saw he was there. Takeshita jumped out at the press conference after um, and, and was putting the hands on Kenny. Um, and then that's when you started hearing Callis. And then, like, the whole thing with Callis getting tackled happened. Okay. So, uh, yeah, these boys is showing up to hate internationally. Like, we, we will follow you around the globe to hate. Incredible. Wow. Really wild. Incredible. Okay. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out this week. Yeah, um, but yeah, I guess that'll take us uh, into AEW. Man, kind of an unnew even week. So uh, disclosure: uh, I did not see the FTR Bam Bam Gang round four uh, a match. I, I did see the other one, so I, I you know I, I heard it was awesome. Uh, yeah, you put over the uh, last week. You put over the third one. Yeah, um, you know the the third one I really liked a lot, and then this one people say it was even better. I was like, what are they gonna do to to top the last one? Go oh, longer. they just doubled the time. Okay, <laughs> so I'm like, all right, you know, um, I I was getting caught up on G1. Yeah, uh, you know, like, extended as, time can vary on Jay White matches. Sometimes, yeah. like, like like it's basically like it's disappointing unless Kota Bushi's in the ring. Then it's like, oh my god. <laughs> Finish it. Like Bush, only person figured out how to have a great match over thirty minutes with Jay White and make it work from from bell to bell. Um, but yeah, uh, I didn't see that. I did see the main event of Collision, and then I saw Dynamite. Um, so let's go to uh, Dynamite, which was there was a lot on this show. That, that kind of a weird crowd. Um, oh shout yeah, out, shout out to my man Bruce though. Uh, in Saskatoon, gave okay. me the live report. What um, did, did Bruce did Bruce try to cap and say? Hey, the crowd was loud where I was at. Did, or did Bruce was like, look, he man, did not say happened. that. Okay, shout okay. To, so, shout out so to Bruce, Bruce being honest with us. Shout out to Bruce. So, so, so Bruce was like, you know, it, it, it was a different buzz from, okay. from when WWE is there. It's largely a WWE town. Okay, he told me the uh, the biggest pops were Omega, MJF, and Cole. Okay. Orange Cassidy, Dustin Rhodes, and Will Nightingale were over during Rampage. Don Callis has the most heat. 
epic entrance. Uh, Jericho had some Winnipeg sucks chance going during the commercial break. He thinks maybe that's when the peak was. Sammy Guevara came out to crickets. Commander Sky Blue also joined him in cricket land. Uh, he said it should have been bigger. Pax appearance. He said overall it was a seven out of ten. Fun show. Uh, Just Roberts is terrific. Uh, Saskatoon still WWE city, but he sees you know if they keep visiting, that could potentially change. Mm. Okay, okay. I mean, makes sense. Makes sense. Um, so yeah, man. Like I thought this show, I liked this show because of the the not because of stuff that wasn't the wrestling. Like this was a for those that like you know or those that harp on AEW for not telling stories or progressing stories, whatever else. Watch this. Have a coke smile and shut the fuck up. This show, this show was about pushing all tons of stuff forward. I really enjoyed it. Um, so I guess let's go. Let's get into it. Yeah. So um, we opened up with Chris Jericho versus Commander. Um, and you know, as as the story goes, Chris Jericho versus Luchadors has worked my entire life. Uh, as I mentioned, no jazz members here. Uh, you know, uh, this whole thing was about Jericho. Uh, playing into the crowd uh being the bigger man in this match kind of like struggling with wrestling clean versus cheating uh and and antagonizing the crowd and then uh you know commander doing all the commander stuff but you know fucking up at the very end um and and losing to jericho ultimately yep very good Um, match i didn't have a rating for but i enjoyed what i saw yeah um and then after the match don Callis comes out um and, and starts and I've been saying it for months, but like this callous thing is amazing. <laughs> um, it's like he, the music hits and y'all know what that fucking music sounds like. That horrible music. Um, whole crowd booze. Um, he said, you know, the whole wrestling world is, is buzzing about Jericho joining the Don Callis family. I said, you know, remember the last time we were in a fashion together was 34 years ago, and we get Bad News Allen on the screen, and they show a picture of, uh, or they show some video uh, of Bad News Jericho and Don Callis with a head full of hair and the fucking jacket and all that, and it's hilarious. And he said, um, you know, we called themselves a couple of gods. I said, Bad News said we should always stick together. Um, one of the best things I've ever heard Don Callis do was an episode of Killing the Town with him and Lance Storm where they talk about bad news. Uh, that's just an incredible podcast. Okay. Uh, so many great stories. If, if you guys haven't heard that, check that out uh, on Killing the Town. Um, but uh, the whole thing seemed to tug on Jericho's heartstrings. And um, yeah, so it, it was just, just more kind of compelling stuff. Like, man, is Jericho really going to do this? And the whole time you're thinking, it's like, oh, yeah, maybe he's the fifth member of the uh, of the team, but he ended yeah. up not being that. So uh, I mean, but that's still at play. Like, maybe he comes in at the end and, like, fucks up, you know, the elite. Like, that's okay. still at play. Like, there's always dominoes with this thing because Jericho is always about, like, you know, laying the foundation to have you know transitions into in and out of stuff zekamaki don had hoes with the hair though i see i see it unbelievable um so i'm just gonna move on please um, do <laughs> alex marvez was in the parking lot with uh with jack perry said he's gonna knock on a window uh, Jack Perry then says it's an unsafe working environment like Shawn Michaels in 1997. Yep, after he got um, his hair put out by Brett, yeah. Yep, 
uh, and then Hook opened the door, and then uh, Jack scrambled and tried to get away. Uh, and you know, but the child locks, you know, didn't allow him to. So like, this is just excellent. Like, if you're just a shit bag, like Jack looks like he's attempting to be sitting in the car with child locks being your downfall or is chef's kiss. Um, he ultimately ended up escaping. Uh, he gave Hook a forearm, then ran. Hook said, "Yo, keep running." And they did announce a uh, Hook versus Jack Perry match this week for the FTW belt. This smells like a uh, six foot motherfucker debuts for uh, Jack Perry to to help him cheat and to be his heater. Why do you say six foot motherfucker like this? Supposed to be some big guy. <laughs> I mean, look at look at it next to these guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, aren't, aren't they both I mean, like Jack six is feet tall? tall. Jack aren't they is both like six tall. feet tall and just skinny? Let's say a six foot, two hundred fifty pound motherfucker. Okay, right? fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um. So after that, Renee met up with Don. Uh, said, you know, oh, we're gonna go out. We're gonna announce uh the fifth man. I'm not worried, and I'm going out there alone. Uh, you know. And after Renee says it's a surprise, he said, you know, out of all these people in this business, the one man I'm not afraid of is Kenny Omega. I died laughing when he said that shit. Um. And you know whatever, like let's run it. And then Shivani was calling Callus an idiot, and then uh, you know Excalibur called MJF an idiot, and then they threw it to uh, the next bonding session with Adam Cole and MJF and James. I hated everything up until the video game part. I was like, "Are you serious, bro?" It was just I was like, "What is this? This is NXT 2.0." Like, like. They they turned me around with the video games. Like the, it was like, oh, I'm because gonna go the path, home. because the pathos of the character, the MJF, is doesn't like video games because he has no friends. He's a loser and he doesn't really. He well, like it always comes well, back. Well, to his, well no, if, if 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 it's one thing we know Adam Cole likes to do, it's play video games. So right, I was right, like, right. Oh, that, that 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 works for me. I. I, I and the whole thing about him not having friends, I didn't give a fuck about that. Like I, <laughs> I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the part where like they're in, they're out they're out there. MGF is trying is, is on full scumbag mode, trying to get that man. Oh, yeah. trying to get that man to, to get on the on, on these women, and, and he's like, "Nah, man, I don't do that." And he's like, "Oh, okay, I, I get him, get, I get him to turn off the cameras." Like, bro, yeah. he, that's nasty. Yeah, that, that part was funny. And he said that shit on camera. Point. He's like, yeah. "I get him to get rid of the cameras. We can get, go." He taking the pound tail. <laughs> and then, so, and then Cole's so like, "No, nah, man, I don't do yeah. that." This I'm, is I'm, I'm in a committed relationship. How dare you? And then MJF like, fine, more for me. He's trying to thug with his round, apparently. Yeah. So, he, so then he, you know, he goes to the, he, he escorts the four ladies to to, a, to another part of the building. He comes back and zips up his, his zips up his zipper. I was like, this fucking asshole. <laughs> what a Foolish. scumbag. Foolish. <laughs> so yeah, man. And he's like, "Look, man, I'm sorry I left you hanging. We can do whatever you want to do, whatever I want." Then they play video games. Next thing you know, look, all this tells me is like MJF probably, perhaps a fan of the Birdman. You know, that man was trying to run, trying to run. You know, you know that him and Wayne. You oh know, man! Win, win. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, after that. <laughs> You know, Cole's like, yeah, man, uh, you know, I know one thing we I am down to do. And then, you know, they they pull up the video games and they, they, you see the screen. It's like, hold on. Before you, get to, before you get to that, Rich, I need you to look at Brewhaven's comments. And he's right. <laughs> yes. MJF on that Matt Riddle. Damien Prince. 
Look, it's the Autumn same exact from time. North, it's look, the same exact uh, time that uh, they, they summoned with Birdman and Wayne. Yeah. Uh, Autumn boys from the Northeast. Oh, man. Anyway. Oh, never mind. I'm not going to get into that. Move, move on. Go ahead. I'm going to move on. Anyway, Rich. Uh, so, uh, so you were getting you to the, to the it, talk, playing Fight Forever. Yeah, they play AW Fight Forever. Genius marketing here. Yes. Um, and then you notice it like, hold on, are they whooping FTR's ass? <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm in now. That was nasty. I enjoyed it because it's like, okay, on one end you also have like Adam Cole, even though he's not like doing stuff with the elite right now, except for BTE, like he's still with the elite, and it's still like, I don't like how you talking about how like you are spreading this propaganda, that, you know. Against my dogs with his with his fandom st- stuff, so it's like, all right, let's whoop his ass. And also, like, they're teasing and like that's gonna be the match they do if they win the the, the tag team tournament. So like, yeah. I did enjoy all of it. I enjoyed all of it because like, yeah. even if they even look, they don't win the finals, then it's like they didn't have to do that, and we know why he they did that. They did that because Adam Cole's like, hey man, y'all out here spreading this propaganda. And then if they do win, it's like, well, they, they were sending this up all along. So either way, it's a win for me. Yeah. Um. So after that, we got Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara taking on Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen. Um, this was in commercial a lot, but uh, everything else, like you know, ended up like pretty good. Um, I like all four of these guys working to each other. This ended up, um, you know, start or just started with a big opening sequence with, with Cassidy and Guevara. Like Sammy's wrestling this as a straight babyface, essentially. Right. That's um, the story of it. It's like. <sighs> They're both obviously they were at odds on like who is like the the top young guy in JSA, and then like they just never really like did much interaction after that initially th- the initial thing and now they're like they're kind of being forced together because it looks like Jericho's about to exp- you know blow up the faction and like you see them together and it's like Guevara is like. Being a baby face, you know, he has a daughter on the way. The crowd's behind him ever since the uh, the, the Pillars match. Um, or more into him as a baby face again. And then, like, Garcia's, like, he's just taking all the shortcuts. All the shortcuts. And taking shortcuts when, like, Sam don't even realize it's happening. So it's, like, interesting to see where it's going to end up. Like, are they going to split up and have a few with each other? Are they going to actually, like, survive as a tag team? I'm interested because, I, I quite frankly, I want to see him as a tag team. Yeah, man, Daniel Garcia is getting more over by the week um, with this dance, and you know, <laughs> but um, you know, he's uh, he's doing his thing. Um, the whole, you know, this was Daniel Garcia kind of running hijinks, you know, with all the, you know, all the cheating while while the other three guys wrestled it straight. Uh, Darby was in there, of course, taking insane bumps um, as normal. Yeah. Um, this whole thing kind of kind of peaks with Swerve adding to his um his all time reel of catching niggas slipping while they're like either getting in the ring, getting out the ring, leaning by the ring, uh, uh, of popping in, and then you see that that black foot just <laughs> pow just just kick the shit out of Darby Allen there. And um, you know, last couple of weeks, you know, Swerve ended up, you know, he lost to Darby a couple of times, and you know, he's not beaten Darby in this promotion yet. Uh, and that seems like that has stuck with Mr. Strickland. And um, he went ahead and um, did the kick. That ended up costing uh, uh, Darby, and Darby got pinned. Um, and from there, Garcia and Guevara move on. And then I'm thinking, oh, 
that it leads to something that happened later that night. So um, I was I was into all this. Same. So after that, we got a, a video package of Nick Wayne. Uh, this is shown, uh, you know, they were showing him training and growing up. The story about his mom and, uh, you know, sitting down to tell him that his dad passed away. Uh, he wondered, you know, what was going to happen next as he, if he didn't have a father figure any longer. Said he wants to continue the uh, legacy of the Wayne family name. Uh, you know, and then they showed some footage with Darby training. Said he's been ready for this his entire life, knowing what wrestling has meant to his family. Uh, this this is a really good video package. Yeah. Um. Then we got Renee and <laughs> backstage with Adam Cole. He was on the phone trying to explain to Britt what was happening when he went out with MJF at the bars. You know, Britt wasn't having that shit. Yeah, so. I, and, and to be quite frank, I was like, I don't understand why this call is happening. Considering like Adam Cole did nothing but behave like an upstanding gentleman there. Like you gonna give him grief for the shit that he when he did all the right things. I don't I don't get it. He just, she just yelling at him just to yell at him. I was like, oh, okay. But too close. That man, that man too close to the action. Um, Strong walks in. Why don't he just stay yeah. inside and never leave the house? Right? <laughs> that man that man liked them video games a lot for, for a reason. You know, <laughs> man trying to decompress. You know, um... So, so from there, oh, um, don't do that, Bruhaven. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. I ain't going there with you. No, don't do that. Cole said, um, he's got uh, like Roger Strong says, yo, you're really gonna fall for this. Cole says he's got nothing to worry about. MJF isn't a half bad guy. Uh, strong Cole, you know, he said we had issues before. Now, now we're like brothers essentially. And Cole basically, you know, said, hey man, I gotta go. I gotta text from MJF. So when he wants to hit the double close line. Uh, and you know, he wants to, you know, he's going to rethink that because he saw Brian Cage in the hallway. Um, Cole then, you know, walked off, uh, to call MJF, uh, Renee and strong were shaking their heads in confusion. Um, and this all kind of like looks, it's like, I don't know, like Roddy's like, he's like, yo, you, you're not in control as much as you think, but Cole says, yes, I am. Right. And, and the thing is like, Adam Cole is too smart to fall for this, but MJF is doing a masterful job of manipulating him, and so like it's it's only reasonable for you to to for to him to think that he's not that bad a guy, and also like I used to be a bad guy too, so I see why we vibe. But Roddy's like, dummy, it's finna happen, and like it's finna happen, and like he's also jealous of MJF and in, in, in Cole too, so that's also at play. So like. It's gonna get nasty, and I'm not gonna like it. I, I know, I know what's gonna happen. I feel like I know what's gonna happen. I'm not gonna like it, but I, I'm enjoying the story for what it is so far. I really am. Then um, we got the tag match with MJF and Cole against Big Bill and Brian Cage, and this was just like nah. Uh, before ulti- before we get to the match, we need to get into like they did it again. AW World Champion, little bro, MJF. He he, bro. I ain't never seen somebody with 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 a big gold belt around their waist, waist acting like they split star, acting like they <laughs> acting like they fight dog, acting, acting like they Warren G, acting like they Warren G, you know, acting like <laughs> acting, acting like they they the other dude and naughty by nature. Oh my god! Oh Vinny, Vinny. um, yeah. oh what's your boy's name? Oh my god! Acting like they flavor Flav. Yeah, I, that's oh, the one man. I kept trying to think of. Who the hell is who's the hell? Yeah, that one. Yeah, man. It's, it's wild out here. It's really wild. 
but it's happening. Man. Um, so we got the very small pairing of MJF and Cole <laughs> against Big Bill and Adam Cage. Or excuse me, Big Bill and Brian Cage. Um, and this was like a lot of comedy stuff. This was like a WWF house show match, it I feel like. It absolutely was. It absolutely um, <laughs> And uh, they were getting insane reactions. Um, yeah. Off especially of, in off of comparison. MJF, Body Slam, Big Bill. Yes. And yes. And, uh, and this whole thing was like, yo, this whole crowd is like they woke this crowd up with it with Rich. this because this crowd was not giving them a lot. Rich, this is the second AEW match on Dynamite where a wrestler has done a better version of Andre Hogan than Andre Hogan. Just a second. It happened with Orange Cassidy to Ethan Page last year, Yo. and now this one right here. Another one. Love it. Love it. Um, but yeah, this was this was a lot of charisma in yep. this match, and um, it's not going to blow your, your doors off work rate rise, but this was right. more like this is just like, all right, you see this video package and then like it's like this match that goes with it, essentially. Right. right. It's not right. there are but they're they're an odd couple duo coming together. Yeah. And yeah, and the so. part that I like about it is like they they have built up this fucking double clothesline. <laughs> yes. Bro, they're gonna go insane when people are gonna go insane they when they They absolutely are. They absolutely are. And it's only been working they only built this shit over two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> This is crazy. <laughs> like stuff like this is why it's like why it's so frustrating following MJF is like, bro, you're so good at this, but some of the things you do are like if you're so good at it this amount of time, why are you good at this all the time? What is a little piece where you keep missing like why are you this good and then you suck against Moxley in these builds? I don't get it. It's it's just weird, man. It's I don't weird. think he has anything to say at, at, at certain times to people like it's just like I don't know. He just goes like cold, essentially. It's just like his character doesn't like, like his character doesn't blend well at all with Moxley's like, because Moxley is no is not a bullshitter. Yeah, like it's like you, it's like you can't really like cut like these back and forth like promos with him like that because it's like Moxley's gonna punch you in the face, right? So I, it's I like the one where like he was like, "Bro, you're fake rich. I'm actually a millionaire." I was like, Oof. "Yeah, I guess I guess we're kind of done here." Right, there, like there's nothing be. like there's nothing here right. further to go. Right, like like, but the thing is, like, I say that, but like, him and Kingston is going to be incredible if they ever do it. Like, you just know right. it's going to be incredible. But, right. but obviously, you know, Kingston is a monster, and they're not exactly the same people. But like, it's just like just that slight difference of like you know, s- similar acts, but it's like just a slight difference can make just in chemistry is make things not work out, and it's interesting how that works out. And uh, yeah, you know that's all. Like you're from the city and you're from Long Island, that's natural right there. <laughs> right, and also like the whole part was like he's from the gutter and this is a you know silver spoon yeah. motherfucker. Like that's good. It's gonna you know, and I, I, for some reason like I guess that doesn't really that doesn't really work with Mox anymore because I guess he you know, but you know that look you read them story about Piccadilly that ain't exactly like you know the easiest life either. Yeah. So um, up next we got. One of the best segments that um, I can remember. Um, so Renee was backstage with Jake Hager outside of <laughs> Chris Jericho's locker room, and this got me, y'all. This got this got me. This hit me in the heart right here. 
Oh, man. At, at times, I've been known to be a soulless individual. You know, at, at times, I... Clip I that. Just... Clip that. At times, I've been known to be a soulless individual. Clip that and send that to my Twitter tonight. Tonight. <laughs> At times, I have not cared, you know, about what people have tried to, you know, get their individual story points over or anything like that. But this got me because I like the hat. I like Jake. Uh, Jake has found a way to, to, to keep getting money for four years. Just stand next to Chris Jericho. Um, Jericho, he's, he's Hager said he knows Jericho knows we're coming in. He basically uh, asked if Jericho was considering joining Don. Jericho said, you know, Don is making some good points. Talked about the history again with Bad News Allen. And, um, you know, he needs some time to think. And then Hager paused and he took off the purple bucket hat. And then you, if I felt like you could just hear the crowd just go, <gasps> that, that, that little gasp, like, like, what is happening? These guys have been AEW together since day one. So he hands them the hat. He built it up. It was like, damn, we remember talking about that hat, you know, how goofy the hat was. We saw Hager wearing the hat in the public shirtless. Uh, we, we had a lot of discussions about the hat, you know, in one of our group chats. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I insisted on telling people it was over. And this is the proof. 100%. I won, you know. <laughs> but, um, you know, Hager says until Jericho can give him a straight answer, he can't stand by his side. He handed him the hat and he walked off in one of the saddest moments. Jake Hager, excellent actor, apparently. Bro, this is the magic of this stupid thing that we watch every single week. (laughs) This person, this person has a gimmick that is he is a big, strong, angry cage fighter that likes to wear a hat. And you play off of the part where you get his hat, he loses, he blows his stack, and he might, you know, run you over, or he might run into something and because he's so mad about it, someone playing with his hat. And it was given to him by his faction leader. And now that we're at a crossroads of whether or not the faction will stay together, he offers the guy his his gimmick, the you know, the thing that shows how much he actually wants him to think about it. Incredible. And he walks off. And the part where is not the part where like you realize that this is all a stupid fucking kangle makes it incredible because it's like you're watching it's, 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 it's the same thing where it's like when when Jim when um when uh Billy Gunn crossed uh the acclaimed to side with his bro- with his sons at one time and then like at the end he's like but but we but the scissor stuff that didn't mean nothing to you like the part where you get pathos off of something so goddamn stupid is the beauty of pro wrestling and why this thing has been around for a hundred years and will be around a hundred years after we're all dead. Because you can make things that are that small, that insignificant, or that goofy matter to people if you have the right uh, situation, timing, and and um and characters with it. And like an ensemble around it. And like that worked. I'm not saying it's like all of a sudden they're gonna, you know, they're gonna sell a thousand extra tickets or anything like that. But like if you've been watching AEW for the last, you know, since last year, you've known about this hat thing. It's been over with you at some point, and maybe you've been over it or whatever else, but you know the hat, and then you realize like, yeah, man, they've been together for a long time, and now he wants that he's trying to guilt trip this man into like into choosing. 
and making up the decision on whatever it is and moving on because you know he's holding up his life. And it's like the symbol of that is stupid, but the point is 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 is, is heartfelt. And like that's why I was cool because of the relationships that they the relationship they've had for all these years, um, being together in Inner Circle and JSA. So like, yeah, it's the hat, and that's what makes it stupid, but not just the hat. It, but also, it's still the hat, so it's funny to laugh at because it's ridiculous. Uh, and yeah. like, it was one of the reasons why I love pro wrestling. It's like this is a soap opera, and like this is what they're, this is what some of the stuff is. These are the MacGuffins. A fucking hat. It's great. It's really great. Amazing. Um, Ruby Soho versus Sky Blue. Owen Hart semifinal match. Sky Blue went viral off of this match. That's all I remember. I have nothing for you. Yeah, somebody like took a or some one one of those like uh, aggregate accounts like saw a clip of her in like a side headlock with her shorts hiked up in. You know why can't they control themselves to the to the folks uh, to consume? And I was like, wow, like it must have been a real dry. Real, real, real dry, like, night, because, like, you can see cheeks pretty much anywhere. I I, I didn't get it. Whatever, man. I, I don't know. Man, I guess people not caught on to the phenomenon that is Sky Blue, I guess, whatever. I'm not here for what, what y'all into with Sky Blue or not. But uh, as far as the match, it was okay. Um, yeah. You know, tons of cheating, of course, because, you know, it's the, uh, uh, the outcast, but... Yeah, um, Ruby makes the finals, and like you're like, all right, well, you know, she was in the finals last year. She lost to Brit. She beat Brit this year. She's in the finals again. Um, and Buffalo Bills, man, Buffalo Bills. Mm. This went beyond wrestling Twitter, Brewhaven with, with Sky Blue. This shit was this shit's out of there. Um, then we got a QT Marshall backstage with Harley Cameron and. They debuted a music video that featured Harley Cameron dropping a diss song to the acclaimed Daddy Ass. This featured singing, fast rapping, and this also like featured her in several different locations and um, outfits. Dressing provocatively, yeah. Brother, why did I have to watch this on AEW Dynamite? Well, you see, she's she's white. So, like, apparently she's not supposed to be able to rap at all. So, like, the part where she raps fast is supposed to be like, I didn't know this existed. This is this is this is like this is like seeing uh, someone dunk from the three-point line. <sighs> Man, um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk about you know what what you, you might have thought of the rap or anything like that or anything like that. It's just like it wasn't like the rap was bad, but the thing is like the expectation. The one thing that's really supposed to blow you away is like your expectation is so low for her that you're like, oh my god, right. she's actually rapping well. Right. Like it, it's not necessarily. I can, I can throw a rock and find a rapper that can rap well. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. It's like it's like I. It's not about the quality. In a sense, it's like. Why are we dedicating like, like, airtime to this? Like, right. at, on this show, like this is right. like you want to do that on Rampage. You want to put that on social media. Go right ahead. You know, what I, I, I you know that you know that everyone will be on the collision. 
Yeah. They yeah. ain't putting they they're not putting the rapidly rap on collision. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, I was just I was befuddled. I was like, why are we doing this? Um Yeah, yeah, I was I, I didn't get it. But um some someone out there enjoyed this. Um Well, I mean an, a, another QTV production. So Man, thank, QTV thank you for is, that. Thank you for that again. QTV is um they have an alarming not hit rate. Um so after that they should be in they should be in double A. The way they're hitting. Designated for assignment. After that. Send they ask Scranton or Birmingham. <laughs> or Dunning. Jacksonville? Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Send they ask to Oklahoma City. Any of them t- all them towns with all them southern cities that ain't got no baseball. That they got affiliates, send them there. Send they ask to Chattanooga. I don't even know if they got a team, but I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. You know, Birmingham. Um, but up next we got Savannah got a team. Savannah Bananas. They're they're, they're kind of like was, a. Um, I, I, I lucked into that one. I had no idea that was the name of their team. That's hilarious. They, they play like goofy baseball, like trick baseball. It's it's hilarious. I had to send you um some clips of their shit. Like, okay. Like I I want I want to make it to a Savannah Bananas game eventually, but um up next we got Swerve Strickland versus Nick Wayne. Uh, much anticipated match. This has been uh ever since. I think the last match I had in Defy, this was kind of out there as this was happening. Interesting town, like, as far as, like, you know, wow, you happen to be in Saskatoon, Canada. Like, it landed on the map that Nick Wayne's debut would, would take place there. And he ended up winning the people over in yep. his match. Um, they they um, had Darby walk him out. Uh, and this this whole thing was just like, yeah, these guys have history. Um Got the callbacks immediately to the Darby Allen thing earlier in the night with Swerve. Swerve was already like in rare fuck nigga mode, uh, deciding like, yo, I own this night. I'm going to fuck up Darby shit. I'm going to beat his protege's ass. And then I'm going to point at him and let him know I'm coming for him. Um, and this whole thing, like, um, you know, with him and, him and Nick, and I could tell Nick was nervous at the beginning. And it was, it almost was like, Swerve was just like, yo. You you good. You in here with me. You're good. Like <laughs> um, but yeah, this I, I thought they did a great job here and, and I thought Nick got over in his debut and you know, I you know, w- with Nick Wayne, um I was like, Man, it, so what will what will his discourse be? Um, because he has to get his welcome to AEW discourse and it almost wasn't as bad um as I thought. The the only discourse that ended up popping uh out it, of this it, was, it, was the match ended up being so positive that the people decided to go toxic with the go toxic with like, well, he should have gotten more. That's how well uh, they went. Or he should have won. He did like, so well whatever. that he should have gotten more. Yeah. Uh, but but this was like, you know, I, I think Swerve's been losing a lot of matches of late. Yeah. And especially if you're looking at all right, Nick Wayne is 18 years old. They clearly believe in him a lot, rolling him out with these video packages, linking them in these stories, uh, stuff like that. And this company has shown they are able to take someone from a very young age and give them like a long term like arc. See Jack Perry. Um, and 
what happened to Jack Perry in the beginning with him. He was getting whooped out here until eventually he was not getting whooped no more. And it felt like a breakthrough. So like Nick Wayne will start in that same kind of kind of kind of uh, location. But the guy that that needs to focus now is Swerve. You have this whole thing you import from Defy Wrestling, which is handed to you on a silver platter. And my God, James, AEW decides to use it. Incredible. Yeah. They they import the prior history, uh, multiple surrounding characters with Darby with him. Eventually, this is going to include Sting, I imagine, and then who you know Swerve's got a whole unit with him. Um, I love this match. I thought it was awesome, um, and I thought it was the right winner. Uh, and, and you're going to hear a lot of people all the way up to you know those like you know even 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 Big Dave. You know, I think he's 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 off on this. And then, you know, there a lot of I heard Ryan Sadden talking about it. Like, you know, if they were gonna give uh Nick, you know, so much, you know, as far as his, his rollout and why didn't you have him win? The same motherfucker that said Alan Angels had no business getting uh surviving a signature move from somebody. Amazing. Fuck, make up your mind. Well, I- like I was, I was like, I was like, hold on, man. I was like, not again. Don't, don't do this again, Satin. Like he is, like he is so swung so far in the other way. He is going wrong the other way now. Yeah. Um. But like, Nick is ultimately like a uh, a plot device in this thing between Swerve and Darby, which this whole thing has been this thing. This whole thing's been set up, and, and these guys are gonna go fucking crazy this summer. Like y'all hearing it now. So, um. I think it was a big win Swerve needed, and I enjoyed the match a lot. And Nick Wayne's going to be – Nick Wayne is going to be a long-term ace-type figure in AEW. He's fine. Right. So um, there was somebody um, – I forgot who I was messaging. I think it was uh, – it might have been uh, Raj that said something stupid, and I was like about it – or maybe it was sad. I can't remember. And I was like, yeah, man, like he's 18 years old, and it's, a, it's, a, it's like a simulation of – combat fighting like you know like 18 year olds normally don't beat grown ass men in fights that's not how it goes normally um and this one replied unless it's percy harvin yeah yeah (laughs) um and then and then somebody replied somebody replied to me and was like well he just he just beat him in defy uh in their last match i was like yeah sorry uh Buddy that's booking um Defy isn't booking AW. It's not this these are two different promotions, man. Um and then his his complaint was like And I and then I was like, hey man, like, look. He's 18. If you're going to uh book anybody to lose coming in and then eventually get the win back over time, if you're gonna do that with anybody, it's the 18 year old because you have all that time to to, to build towards a, towards big wins because you got him for potentially a decade or more um, before he even comes to a part where it's like it's time to you know do something with him or figure out what is like the top of his potential is. Um, and the person's response was like, "Well, it's too much like these other stories of guys coming in and losing." And he mentioned Ricky Starks uh, losing his opener, his first match to Cody. And I'm just like, I didn't say this, but in my mind I was like, "So you don't like sports?" Because you know, like you be over like the, you be over like the Denver Nuggets. Like, oh, they had their shot in 2020 when they lost to the to the Lakers in the bubble and like, fucking this rap. Go to hell. Go to hell. 
like 2012 Thunder Young made the finals and then they blew it up and whatever else. It like it's like nah, it's just never a situation where like so like if the Celtics ever win a title, it'd be like nah, they, they, they nah, they like life fucked it up. Life fucked up the story. It's like no man, like you have young cores. Some will make it, some won't. Interest is seeing like the young, the potential that they have, and you wonder what it could be. Like that, what sports it are. Like understanding you're saying like this isn't a uh, real life and you control the narrative. But it's like you can't if if you have a bunch of young guys, not all of them are going to be fucking future world champions. Some are going to make it, some aren't. Some are you going to push to make it, and they're going to be big stars. Some you may push and they won't make it. But you can't push all of them all at the same time in the same time frame. You have to give people time to cycle up, cycle down, cycle up, cycle down. That's that's how that works. That's storytelling. That's also real life in sports. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you, but like, yeah, the 18 is probably going to step into the venue and get his brains beat in. That's how that goes. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, like this whole thing kind of, kind of peaked with, uh, swerve breaking, <laughs> breaking Nick, Nick Wayne's arm, kind of yep. like one of one of those arm snaps. Yep. yep. Uh, that's, give him the JML driver. I love because it makes him, he, he gets such great sound off of Whatever he does to make that sound, but I think he slaps both thighs. But it, it makes it sounds like he it sounds legit. You can actually like suspend this with like, oh okay, yeah, that person has to give up. Then, I remember um, he did that in a um he did on a show that on a dark match that ended up getting played on NXT one time in Brooklyn in Barclays. The mm-hmm. you know the crowd wasn't really into it. He did that. The crowd oh oh, and I was like okay, okay. This is before you yeah. knew him, and I was like, I think this dude like knows knows what he's doing at a level at a higher level than just an average old wrestler. And mm-hmm. then he, you know, he's shown and proved that time after time at the time. So So like he gave him the JML points at Darby essentially like kind of um you know gave him the the you know the the point letting him know he's coming for him. Uh stared down his mom fault. after the match. Um Nick Wayne's mom was ringside. Um I, I wish they could have gotten more focus after the match. Like I think, I think there should have been like an extended beatdown. Maybe perhaps mm. the uh, the the arm injury and and the JML driver were enough. But I would have liked them to really drive it home to, to force Darby to come, you know, run to the ring and like mm-hmm. you know and chase Swerve off or something. But um, you know, hopefully they'll get get more time for that. We just had to play, you know, that that rap uh, video beforehand, so uh, had to get on the show. So. Um, after that, um, so Rich, we got yeah. Oh, actually, no. Well, I'll, I'll save my point. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> uh, after that, we got the fifth men revealed for blood and guts. Um, so Don Cal's walk to the ring alone. This angle was incredible. Um, so Don walks to the ring alone. Says Omega and the Elite. They deserve what's coming to him at blood and guts. Omega's a coward and a punk. Can he walk to the ring by himself? Dolo, no shirt, of course. Uh, but he's attacked by John Moxley and Takeshita in the aisle, fights him off kind of, and then all of a sudden you start seeing uh, somebody in some underwear carrying a chair, like and like the camera's like panning, like you weren't supposed to see it yep, yet. Camera betrayed this <laughs> shot. Yep. <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh, that's Pack." And then I was like, "That makes all the sense in the world." I didn't even think of him. And yep. then and also Pac- it's a callback to when like Pack like once like there was a t- run of t- a time in like early in like late 2019 where like Pac was, where Pack was just like. Just putting putting Omega in the jump zone left and right with the same chair, just just running up behind that man and crashing the back of his head. I was like, "Oh, he bringing that back?" Okay. Yep. 
Um, so <laughs> um, after that, um, they start all whooping Kenny's ass, bring him in the ring. Uh, Callus hits him with the bedazzled loafers. Uh, Callus is like playing it up a lot. Pack took the mic, said uh, he doesn't. Kenny does, has no idea how long he's waited for this. Omega shattered his nose. Uh, Pack is lying through the hate because like Kenny's not the one that broke his nose. It was one of the other two, but uh, he's so dedicated to hate. Kenny did it. Fuck you. Um, and you took his trios belt from him. So you're going to pay the price. Uh, they put Kenny's um, head inside of the. Um, they went to pilmanize his head, his neck. Pilmanize the neck in uh, the head. And then Kenny looks like a fucking anime villain. Marcus was like, You got any last words? Like. <laughs> and he's like, Play the video. And he started like laughing. Yeah. And watch the screen, watch the screen. And then all of a sudden, a large he's coming flash which immediately was screen grabbed and as a as a meme uh and oh then, god y'all grow the fuck up <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then uh we started hearing the music and we started seeing tetsuya naito getting his ass drugged by koto bushi and um koto bushi all on the screen the crowd pops uh amazing that they knew who this uh person was in saskatoon canada james right um and he's he's the fifth man for the elite uh i'm going insane in the group chats uh love this uh lights come back on and it's not sabu it's the young bucks and hangman page uh hangman page with the double um buckshot bucks sending uh to cal- uh pack callus to catch the packing um <laughs> this is the best like or one of the most underrated part parts of this was like John Mosley on the outside of the ring and they left like the camera on him for so he's long pissed. and you he's pissed and he's just like cussing and like he's like how the fuck did they get Kota Ibushi in this right. <laughs> like what do you mean how like he's they're they're friends nigga that's how <laughs> you know so he got fucking Ibushi in this man right. what the fuck like and, and another oh. part that's cool is like bro can you think about like six years ago can you ever imagine Jean, Dean Ambrose slash John Moxley in the same ring as Kota Bushi six years ago? Like, what is this timeline, bro? This shit broke. This could. This is the only time in the simulation that it broke this way. Let's look <laughs> at the fucking talent in this match. This should be like, if you look at this, this like this should be the greatest war games of all time. I mean, like greatest ta- one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Two of the most talented pro wrestlers to ever live. A guy that's been the guy that's a wrestler of the decade contender. Another guy that could probably be the best wrestler of the next, be one of the two or three best wrestlers of the next decade in Takeshita. Ditto for uh, uh, Hangman Page. Cesaro, one of the greatest wrestlers ever. Yeah. Dang, Danielson, also one of the greatest wrestlers Look, ever. Da- yeah, this Danielson, is loaded. Danielson was unable to compete in the match. It would have been even worse. Yeah. Look, Pack is the replacement. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Oh, the what? yeah. Pack is the replacement. Pack, another one of the most gifted guys ever seen in the ring. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta say, man. Um, I keep seeing all these guys rolling up to AW Dynamite. I'm like, hmm, another one for Wednesday, huh? So, um, you know, this is gonna be great. Blood and guts tomorrow night in Boston. Uh, looks like the show recovered ticket sales wise. Um. Yeah, like them. Like we were, you know, they announced it what by like Blood and Guts like three weeks out, three weeks ago. 
think so, yeah. Yeah, like, they weren't moving like that. Like, Blood and Guts moved these tickets. Yeah, like... Like, um, not, not necessarily, like, the the um, the um fifth the fifth people, or the, the, the ninth and tenth men, but, like, once they announced Blood and Guts, these tickets moved. Yeah. Because they were around, um, like, what, 6,000? They were below 6,000 before then, like, three weeks ago, when they were doing updates on t- Russell Ticks. And then, like, you look up now, and now they're, like... 8,000 something. These shits moved off of Blood and Guts. Um, yep. and remember, I was, you know, me and you were both saying, like, hey, this Boston thing ain't looking at well, and they might want to do announce Blood and Guts, and sure enough, they did it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is going to be a banner night in the, in the promotion of banner night for this rivalry. Like, this seems like it's going to end it here. Um, I don't know, if, there will be. you know, if this is going to split out into singles after that, but, um, uh, I, I think this thing ends with the elite winning. Um, they've protected that, I think, for quite a while now. Um, the last match, Tomohiro Ishii won uh, over Will Yuta. Uh, the BC won Anarchy and Arena. It seems like the, the babyfaces are going to stand tall on this one. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't think bringing Kotobushi in and then like putting him on the losing side is smart. So... I, I think there's, you know, th- I think this is the this is the peak kind of like, you know, uh, like the Golden Elite thing has come back. Uh, you know, it, it's just all real, like, interesting to see how they play it. And um, this, you know, it's like this all in. It's like I, I know a lot of fans that are that are watching this thing. It's like, all right, like, what's like next for all these guys? Like, it, it, is this like you know the final final run? Like, you know, into all in? Like, it's like just get to all in almost. Like, and there, there's a lot of stuff like swirling around all this. Um, but while we're on this this journey, I would advise people to enjoy what you're seeing uh, because you know things always change, but. Kotobushi was in the first all in and he finally arrived here and this is this it it was always leading to this so rich I had a thought um sometime last week so um you know golden lovers is uh you know they're a they're a brotherhood they're they're a friendship they're a bond but they're also a rivalry and you know they had that match at uh Budokan right DDT and they always said they wanted to have a match that could top that if they ever got to Budokan. Well, Wembley Stadium is right around the corner, and what? I gotta say, there's no match I think I'd rather see than him versus Abushi uh, in front of 70-plus thousand people. Um, you, could, you could say Osprey for the third time. I wouldn't disagree, but... As a longtime Kenny Omega fan, I feel like this is the one I'd want to see in this particular venue the most because of like the the journey of where they started to where they ended up, and that is like the all timer for me if I get those two together. Yeah, there. Um, um, no knock against the Osprey thing because Osprey match might end up actually being better, but the third one. But I just think as a longtime person that has watched Kenny Omega's career and Kota Bushi's career. And, you know, Abushi's one of the four most important people for me ever to watch Japanese pro wrestling. I kind of want to see that there. I kind of do. I'm not, I'm not going to root for it or say, oh, oh my God, oh my God, we're only getting Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay. No, but I'm just saying like this, 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 this is my list is that's, that's at the top. That's it. Yeah. 
And, and it's like, if it's not the dome, if it's not Madison Square Garden, what other like things are as big as something like this? Like this right. is like, I don't want to say it's once in a lifetime, but it's like some it's some shit that ain't really been done. And then like, Kenny versus Bougie. Uh, start like start the fucking engines now. Um, that would be incredible. Uh, I, I I didn't even think about that until you mentioned it. I was I was thinking about because it it's like all right, you're still trying to think like what's Kenny going to do, and obviously you, you're thinking Osprey, but it's like if if it's not going to be Osprey, if they don't want to have give that slot to another New Japan guy or whatever else, then they could do that match, and you could easily and you could be like you ain't got to worry about you know trying to build up some huge thing. Everyone already knows what the fuck's going on. Everybody knows the Golden Lovers lore. It's reason why. It's part of the reason why the promotion exists. So it's like you could do that. You can put that in the semi main. You can go out there and have your, you know, your match of the year contender, and and they, those two can celebrate and have a happy. And whoever wins, like you have your happy ending, and there's no cost to either one of them winning or losing. And you can move on. And and you also don't know the availability of Kota Bushi anyway. As far as is he actually in, or is he going right. to be here as a special attraction? You don't know. But so why you here? Let's fucking get this match because you don't know how much longer those two are going to be able to wrestle at that kind of level because they're both approaching thirty or forty, if not yep. are forty. Yep, and like um, you know, you never know like w- which way this this wrestling business will take these people. Like so, right? Lock gotta, it in because I, I got to tell you, I, I don't think that they'll be able to do WrestleMania forty one in Wembley with Ibushi and, and Omega. I just don't think that's going to be able to fit. I, I don't think that's what this man will have in mind for for Mister Ibushi, especially after Ibushi shook that man, gave that man a high five like he was any old regular person. He probably hates that man's guts. So, so yeah, man, um, you know, you, you know, I, I kind of think WrestleMania 41 will be, you know, visual pin off of the one wing angel kick out from, from Roman Reigns and then like, you know, some one spike and then a spear and get the fuck out of there for 41. So I don't know if a bush will be able to fit on that one. You want to throw any super kicks in on that one? You want to do like. I know, they could so, put the bloodline back together, and then like Kenny could like stick his head through the top. I think that's for forty two. I think that's okay. for forty two. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. They'll so, they'll come uh, back around by forty two. <laughs> so enjoy this shit now. Look, enjoy this shit now, because like yep. you know this shit could this could be the final arc. Like yep. you know. Like so, like you know the whole thing with the BCC that it always seemed like it was leading there. It's, the Elite versus BCC. Um, there's Takesha that's waiting in the wings. Um, and then, like, are the Bucks going to get back into the tag division from here? Who knows? It, it, it would be... Could I would be some like trio to see with The Hum Bucks could be some trio thing with, like, Young Bucks and Ibushi. Who knows? We don't mm-hmm. know. Yep. Um, so, um, I did not see the much heralded uh, FTR versus the Bang Bang Gang um, match that a lot of people are raving about. Heard great um, things. Heard great things. Not going to take anything away from it. Heard it went very long. Um, so I'm going to have to catch that when I catch it. However, I did see the men's Owen Hart final. Uh, and we talked about this last week. And I did. it went away where I didn't anticipate that finish. However, I did anticipate that finish in a sense. Um so I thought CM Punk was going to win th- this thing pretty handily. They, um, you know, had him cutting the the fiery Owen Hart promos and 
they they generally have just pushed him like a baby face through through they had him fight Samoa Joe. Uh, right. And you know, the the whole thing with uh with Ricky, we we mentioned him uh going through the tournament relatively unimpressively, uh, and that continued yeah. in this final. I mean, and, uh, and also had them, you know, in a Quattro's match where he took the pin instead of like one of the FTR guys. Yeah, so so now that that can be kind of looked at now as like a tip off for for turning him and right. you know last, he was last going to turn week, anyway, so you may as well get whatever you can out of him losing his bait face to help the other guys on the other side. Yeah, yeah. so like they they have this match, <clears throat> and there are so many funny um, dynamics at play here. One, Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Two, Owen Hart final. Martha Hart's right there. Three, Calgary's not playing along. They are booing CM Punk. CM Punk starts doing all his Bret Hart moves. They start chanting Owen over him. So I was talking tongue-in-cheek you know, a couple weeks ago when I was saying, I hope he remembers to pay tribute to the right brother. I never thought that this would actually kind of like come to life mm-hmm. uh, in the fashion that it did. Um, he's wearing the Bret Hart gear, um, shorts, pink ones uh, with the Bret Hart uh, font design. <clears throat> and he's Why very Why can't he just gag- turn them into the short trunks and then they'd be the Owen stuff? The Brett and the Owen stuff is almost identical, except for one wore long, long johns. The other one wore like the cut off, almost like compression shorts. Right, like you, you could easily throw like a King of Hearts style thing on there, right. like in in a t- try. Look, to, and, look, how many slammies CM Punk like, put the slammies on the side of his shit? Right, right. Try, try an Insiguri or something. Like try, try a move that Owen Hart did. Like instead of just doing running through the entire Bret Hart thing, and then he was gassed. He was um, sucking wind. He his, he was showing his age. Ricky wasn't really doing anything like to where it was like it, it was like there was bad chemistry going on here. Like you know, it what just the sad wasn't... thing is, now I haven't watched this match, but you described it that CM Punk is out of gas. He's sh- sucking wind, and Ricky wasn't doing much either. He was just there. It's like okay, go ahead, continue, Rich. Sorry. Yeah, and like I saw this, and I was like. I saw the finish happen. And I was like, wow, the one thing that I said that he so would was do. The finish. So the finish was there was kind of like a like he would caught him in like a victory roll kind of position. Uh-huh. But Ricky starts was right next to the ropes. So it's literally the same finish that Ruby Soho and Britt Baker did a couple weeks ago where Ruby was by the ropes holding on or yeah. whatever to steal the match. That's what Ricky Starks did. And the ref but they executed it to where the ref was staring directly at Ricky Starks as he grabs the ropes, counts the pin anyway because you know you weren't supposed to make that eye contact or whatever. But fuck that, um, counts the pin one, two, and then Ricky like sticks his arms out and just falls down in three. And I'm like, huh? What did they do this for? This is dumb on a few levels. The opening promo he cut. He came out with that red bag, said, I'm I have this until someone beats me for it. Ricky Stars beats him. Yeah. I don't care whether it's clean, dirty, whatever. That's not how this promotion operates. Right. That's like 
you know, MJF's running around with his fucking ring for years and years, and then clocking people left and right, people left and right, and they call him a winner. They don't, right. they don't say he, he cheated or anything like you know. We talk about, oh yeah, you know, he, he, it was dirty or whatever, but they don't acknowledge that as a dirty win. They say MJF, you know, <clears throat> he, he found a way or whatever. Yep. But the one thing I said that would have to happen because CM Punk was not turning. Um, he he was being actually turned on here. Um, they count to three. Ricky runs out the ring. Uh, runs sprints up the aisle. Jushin Liger is waiting for him with the trophy. I saw this. Grabs the fucking Snatched trophy. It. Runs off. Holds it up again. Liger's trying to shake. And his Liger's hand. like, "What the fuck? Come shake my hand." <laughs> yeah, and then then Ricky's out of there, and I'm like. They brought Juice and Thunder Liger over here for this. No, like, no, no, no. They didn't just bring out Juice and Thunder Liger. They brought out Juice and Thunder Liger, and he had on the full. He had on his good hair. Yes, he had on the full ensemble. Like, yeah, it was. It wasn't like the the, the short sh- short set or the summer set joint where he's like, you see the ball ahead, and you know he's letting half his scout breathe and under that. It's actually the full the full go gear for the scene, yeah, and man. they just brought they brought him out there just for that unbelievable yeah so i i saw this and i was just i was in awe at what happened i'm like all right are they trying to do the thing where they're like oh yeah cm punk will lose to somebody but of course he loses in like this is a candidate for a fake job um so (laughs) um so ricky I, I guess it's good in a sense for Ricky because I don't think him as a babyface was ever going to fly like that. He's not spect- nearly as spectacular uh, offensively to, to pull it off. Um, and then, like, you're clearing out, like, the um, the collision babyfaces, like the number two babyfaces in Drade on, on collision, it seems like, and good luck with that. Um, nothing against him as a wrestler. It's just I don't see people really wanting to take that ride with him um and then cm punk the whole the whole time the reactions in this match are fucked up they do the swerve where they like it's almost like they want to cheer but it's like hold on this guy just did something mischievous so um i think it's better for ricky in the long run to be a heel um that probably goes with giving it back to CM Punk at some point. Uh, CM Punk does not win this tournament, but Ricky does. I think it blows up the entire bag story that he was trying to do. Um, And ultimately, you know, they let him beat Samoa Joe kind of in questionable fashion. Like as far as like people that have, you know, invested in the Punk Joe story for years and years that are watching it were very underwhelmed with that finish and the match and the decision to like to do it there. Right. And it's like, well, if punk wasn't winning this, why couldn't you just have Samoa Joe beat him then? Um, but maybe they felt like they couldn't turn Ricky on, um, Joe because Joe is a heel already. So either someone's in denial because they didn't know how, like it seems like they're they're rolling the dice. They're like, well, we don't know if CM Punk's going to get cheered or booed. So here's our plan, and they weren't, you know, diverting from it. Like this was CM Punk designed to be a babyface, um, and it just didn't fly like that. That's what you know. The whole thing is like, yeah, you can react to him however you want. I don't think that works in the long run, long run, because 
cities are too random and then other people start getting caught up in it and eventually you have to work with people so right like it's it's fine <clears throat> it's fine for the actual act that's getting booed or cheered regardless of the reaction the problem is the opponent is one that suffers from the from the indifference or the or the weirdness of the crowd that is subject to because like you're not actually getting reactions based off what you're doing. That person's getting all the reactions, and you're just left to try to figure, try to hold on for dear life to try to get out of the fucking match. Um, so, yeah, man. Um, you, you mentioned this. You talk about like, yeah, he could be, he could be, you know, instead of number two, the distant number two babyface in the uh, on that side on the single side. It's like, all right, well, where is he now on the on the on the hill side? It feels like he's now lower than that because like he's not higher than Jay White. Are you kidding me? Yeah, um, it feels like, and then Samoa Joe also. So it's right. like, but then again, the thing is, like Joe, I, I can't Joe's trust him older. to be healthy. So I'm, yeah. so I'm, you know. But if, he, but if you can tell me Samoa Joe is going to give me thirty TV matches, or you know, twenty five to thirty TV matches, then yeah, he will be number two. He'll over uh, Ricky Starks because he's a better talker than Ricky Starks, even though Ricky Starks is still a great talker. But Joe's an all timer. And then like, um, you're, you're thinking about like you know the whole thing with Hobbs as well. Man, I was just really unimpressed with Ricky's tournament. Um, it just, it just never got there for me. Um, it, it's just like the the in ring is not there, like at a top top level. They're going to try something else, I think, with with, with him. Like they're yeah, going they'll to... do some MG, MJFian type of thing with him, and that'll and that look. I think quite frankly, it'll work out for the best for him because I think he's better at at that stuff than the actual match stuff. So like, if you get him out the ring, sure. But the thing with MJF is like. He's doing that to get heat, and then he'll give you a match that can, you know, that can that shows you that he is one of the better wrestlers on earth. Ricky Starks I, isn't one of the better wrestlers on earth. No knock against him; he's just a, he's just a good wrestler, and a, I, I, and, a, I, and a crowd full of great wrestlers. I, I think with Ricky too, he is um, the the potential danger here is he's the kind of heel that gets cheered, um, and that could make for some interesting reactions as well because it's it's That's almost true. like it's it's like all right he did this turn it's like what's his real like what kind of heat is he gonna get so it's like the adam is, cole is you, it's like, like adam cole nxt stuff yeah it's like all right um you screwed over cm punk cool we're booing that guy anyway you like have the crowd, so yeah, yeah i have the crowd yeah so me, it's yeah. like I just don't know where he gets it from. Like, does he just lean into arrogance and, you know, whatever? Like, cause you know, we got like kind of a, a glimpse, like, you know, with the, with the lighter interaction, it's like, Oh, okay. You know, you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just celebrate on your own. You did it all by yourself, you know, th- whatever. Um, I don't know which way they go with it. Um, I'm, I'm open for them to try to book around my skepticism right now, but for just off of what I've, what I've seen, like, Looking at how they like, I did not enjoy this tournament this year. So um, my question is this: Right now, I'm thinking of people that like aren't haven't been on TV in a minute. <clears throat> what do you think of like a once Ricky Starks gets past whatever this initial thing is with CM Punk? If there is anything with CM Punk, like what do you think about him with potentially like him working a program with Wardlow as Wardlow's baby face and he's the heel? How do you think that's going to go? Do you think is that something you want to watch? I think Warlow is kind of struggling at the moment. He hasn't been on Collision since the beginning. Right, since the first episode um, he lost the TNT title, yeah. I I would, you know, 
that's why I, he came to mind for me. The the I think the problem is like Ricky is such a good talker. I think it would be almost counterproductive, and he almost has to get squashed on the end, and then Ricky just ends up lower. Unless you're picking between Ricky and Wardlow, uh, I I, I wasn't doing the picking one or the other. I was just saying this far as just program to do because it's know, like two people that the crowd cares about still. And you put on collision, yeah. and it's not like you know. Oh my God, the FTR goes another thirty plus minutes on a TV on a TV <laughs> match. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be against it. You know, um, I, I just think there are some pitfalls like like there, and then like oh, I said, Ricky, Brewhaven suggestion fire and ice part two. Hey, well, I've heard a lot of people suggest that Warlow and Hobbs and hey you man, know. you need to go, look go to Peacock. Go to go to the WCW Nitro tab. Scott go to Norton, like nineteen ninety six or ninety five in that bitch and go watch you some Night Train and Scott Norton. That's so funny. Some fire and ice. That's, that's exactly ice. what that shit is. Leave oh, that shit man. where it was the nineties. That is so funny. Um but yeah, the entire CM Punk thing, it's like, all right, maybe he's not going towards MJF. Um the whole thing with Ricky's still confusing, and, and then the tournament. I just, I did not feel it this year. Um, gotcha. Please put, please put some luchadors in there next time. Please put some hybrid people. Please put some flyers and exciting workers in this thing next year. Please. Or I mean, you could put in, you can put in meat and potatoes too, too, just make them better. Like obviously Kyle Roddy and Roddy or Roddy was in there. You limited him early. Or Roddy could would have been awesome in here like he was last year in it. It just, mm-hmm. it just wasn't the tournament. Like they put most of it and they put all that stuff. Also, the thing is like, it didn't help to put all that shit on one show instead of putting it on both shows, splitting it between for like, as far as like what we think of the makeup of the rosters and the split so far, like it didn't really like, you should have put some ABCC member or an elite member in there or something like that. Yep. Even if you're going to eliminate them, like, yeah. Yeah, like, what, what would like people have done if like CM Punk and like say like Matt Jackson was in there as a single and then like lost on the other round side of the bracket on, on the other side of the bracket? You could have got some buzz for a couple weeks and be like, oh my god, are they gonna book them in the finals or something? But you know, I don't know. Like and then like have like Matt Jackson face like Willer Utah or something and then put Willer through and then Willer loses to whoever the fuck. But um. Yeah, I, I, you know, they went away. I didn't expect. I, I didn't expect for Punk to uh, lose here, but um, we will see where that goes. Um, but as far as like, you know, I, I think he's got a, you know, conditioning wise and you know, in ring conditioning wise, it's like there's some opportunities there. I think so. Um, I don't, I don't know if he was like showing his age there or, or what, but um. You know, he's not that far off. From, he's like the same generation as Hiroshi Tanahashi, kind of AJ Styles. Like, I don't know how long people are expecting this thing to hold up, like, as far as, like, you know, like, he's not going to give you best in the world level stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and I don't know if people are tricking themselves into thinking that's what this is. But um, I th- I think, you know, they, they let him. Uh, this has been a month now of collision or yeah, like no, four no, different no, weeks. No. No excuse. He's wrestled, period. Like he's wrestled no three out of four. I don't weeks. think any, I don't think it's really realistic for anyone to expect him to be out here cranking out four and a half star matches. But like you can, but st- like before he fucking left last time, he was having four star matches, four and a quarter star matches. If he can do that, he should be fine. He ain't done it yet, except for when he's been carried by FTR. 
Yeah, and like um, I think it's I think we got enough tape on him to evaluate it. I'm like, all right, instead of wrestling like four or five times in five weeks, maybe we should drop him to like two times in four weeks or five weeks, and yeah. then start you know start leaning into his promo ability the only thing is i don't know how much he actually has to say right now because he doesn't have an opponent yet it doesn't seem right uh, unless it's, it's ricky going forward right and it's and like we, all right right and we thought it was gonna be like jay white and not nah, jay white's being he's been he's been give, he's been passed off to he's been passed off to ftr much like john Laurinaitis and employees that work at wwe damn um but yeah, I, um, it's like you, you got to build a whole new thing now. So um, I look forward to see if you can do it. You know, you can talk like never take that away from them. But I just don't know what like the the primary thing when collision started. I think people were excited to see CM Punk get on the mic. He gave him the little jabs. And then from there, if you were there for that, you you have got nothing since uh, on that end. So. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But um, this this tournament wasn't a fan. Yep. Um, I have only watched the first two episodes of Collision. Um, I'll watch the FTR or I'll watch the two FTR J White matches from the past two weeks. But I'll probably try and cherry pick the rest of that so I don't have to watch you know six hours of wrestling that I missed. So, yeah, I'll, I'll get back into it. Zach Michael, let's keep it a buck. Do we really want to see a Jay White versus Punk match? Like, that's a carry job. Um, You know, Jay White chopping CM Punk, we got a taste of it in, in some of those tag matches and stuff, which is, I, I think it's a um, it's an interesting match from a standpoint of like, all right, these guys aren't really from uh you know the same kind of generations or like lines of you know this guy's from new japan dojo and he's like just turned 30 years old cm punk's in his mid-40s and was like in ring of honor in the 2000 it's cool it's kind of like a cross generation kind of thing right but is is that like one of my 20 most anticipated matches no like it's not (laughs) yeah um look I feel like those two are talented enough as talkers to get you to care about a match, and that's all that matters. It just are they ever going to are they? When does the challenge come for CM Punk after failing here to go to the next thing, or is he going to go straight after Ricky Starks? If he goes after Ricky Starks, thing is like they made that work until the bell rings. Um, the Jay White thing is like you move on from there. Okay, cool. I know that like they can make that work, and the match will also work when the bell rings because Jay White is a great wrestler in the ring. He does shit that pisses am, me off a lot, but he's still great nonetheless. I'm deeply suspicious that CM Punk is at the beginning stages of a storyline that sees him get screwed and screwed and screwed until he snaps. Oh, God damn says, it. This is bullshit on television. And once again, he's gonna push Tony Khan down to the mat and once again, he's stealing from Bret Hart. It snaps, and then that'll give the emphasis a turn because he's been getting screwed. Never put it past him. Uh, 
I have I nothing else for the man. show, right? Yeah, I have nothing else. Uh, I think that's a great place to uh, to tap out here. Yeah, uh, that's in the, the show, y'all. Thanks for listening. If you're watching from the stream, go to the Cash App, go to the PayPal and donate there. If you are listening on the podcast, go to the show notes and uh, go to the Red Circle link and you can donate there. And be sure to listen to the other shows on the network. Besides One H Render, you have Keeping the Strong Style, the Ricky and Clyde Rushing Show, Grown Men Watch This Shit, the Grave Consequences Podcast, All Things Elite, Great Match Generator. Get in the ring, meet the press slam, and uh, wrestling disaster. I the believe. wrestling disaster. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what the, the new name is. So oh, yeah, Danny's switching the gimmick yeah. again on y'all. Yeah, that man, that man flip, that man switched names like Vandro flip colors on the Chevy. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening, y'all. Oh, Later. big shout out to uh to Floyd Johnson and Austin. Oh yeah, two uh, hundredth episode of All Things Elite. As um, all things elite. As all things elite. Yes. Um. So, uh, make sure you guys check out that show. Um. That comes. I think they're doing it Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, yeah. Happy two hundred, guys. Yeah. Congratulations, y'all. All right, but uh, thanks for listening, y'all. That's in the show. Later. Peace. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. 